Hello, and welcome to episode 129 of the Gaming Fix podcast on July 11th, 2020. I'm your host, Andre Cole, aka your partner's favorite insect reproductive cycle. I am joined today by Alex. I'm woefully uneducated on insect reproduction. Also joining us, Pat. Oh, I got the show for you. Also, it's mantises. It's mantises. Because they kill, kill. Because they killed a male. Manti. Yes. Okay. It's all lives matter, Pat. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh god! What a way to start the show. Really uh, great. And, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm gonna no. Leave the call. <laughs> and Allison. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I have anywhere to go after that. <laughs> Starting with a showstopper. If biologically your reproductive uh, system is for the male to get its head bitten off during intercourse, then uh, I would say that that all of those mantis lives matter appropriately to which they've evolved. <laughs> Not all manti. Uh, all right, well... Uh, after such a delightful start, uh, I do want to say, uh, while things have been quiet this week on the uh, the sexual assault allegation front, uh, you know, we still stand with all the people who are coming forward with all their stories and uh, the consequences that are being doled out, however slowly they may be, and you know, want people to keep feeling empowered to come forward with that stuff uh, we're also, glad that there hasn't been anything like super awful this week it's also important to to note that uh people are still protesting around at least the the u.s yes or uh against police brutality and um i know like here in seattle on the one hand they passed city council passed a veto proof bill to defund the police department by 50 percent. on the other hand the police are picking up journalists and arresting them and holding them without any real charges just because they don't like them. So as much as there are victories taking place around the country, there's also backlash from, uh, from police and city forces. So obviously we're, uh, we're, we're there with people fighting for that stuff too. Yep. And stay inside, wear a damn mask. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you know what's inside this podcast and video games. That too, yeah. which we're going to talk mean, about. Hey, you'll have so many uh, hours of this podcast to listen to if you want to listen to the whole back catalog, which I don't know why you would, but if you want to, that's it's there. Uh, <laughs> if you want to see our friendship it. develop in no. real time. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Listen. If you want to see us become better friends, then you can listen from the start. Uh, yep, but start, also, Start with the 2017 Game of the Year podcast, which is what, seven hours long? Oh God, like yeah. That. Yeah. Sign up for our Patreon and you can get access to the chat logs. We don't have a Patreon oh, no, for no, what no. it's worth. <laughs> In I case anyone starts to Google that. <laughs> oh, God. We do not have a Patreon and we would never release our chat logs. <laughs> no. No, our chat logs it are extremely boring, stupid. honestly. If you, like, we're just reading them. Like, wake up with 200 messages going, okay, what the fuck is this? <laughs> now, that's the thing. If we ever started a Patreon that we could do is dramatic readings of specific conversations. Yeah. Oh, that, that's actually a good idea. 
Guys, was, like, this is a reason to uh, review us on things. Yeah. So that we know, hey, if there's a Patreon, which if we ever do a Patreon, then we can do those dramatic readings. So Yeah, such as at podchaser.com slash mm-hmm. uh, gaming fix. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with all that out of the way, it's been a while since we talked games on this show. Like yes, new it ga- has. games we're playing. <laughs> games that we're playing. Cause, cause shit been, shit's been bad. Yep. It doesn't mean we haven't been playing games. We just haven't had time yeah. to talk about them on the show. Also, doesn't mean stuff has stopped being bad. But no, it's been no, less, less bad. This week, this week <laughs> or, we're safe, or at least the same bad. So there's not new bad. True. Yeah. True. That's a better way to put it. There, there's not new ridiculous shit to talk about. We're still reeling from the previous shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're we're in the like you got the waves and we're in like the bottom of the, the waves, so like I'm sure some come next week. Was anyway. Troth or whatever. I don't know. This anyways. This voice mod thing has an intelligible slider. You no, don't no I can't don't. I can't I haven't so, paid okay. for it, so I can't for, mess with it. But for context, Andre's been using a voice modulator what, before the podcast. About. And, and also, then also yeah. he's currently he's currently a frog. In in our Zoom. Yeah. yeah. So hey, hey, had to buy something on the Steam sale. Anyways, I bought I bought Greedfall to try that again on PC. <laughs> you bought Frog Software. <laughs> uh, oh fuck! I did. oh wait no, I've got Frog Fractions too via that uh, Ichio bundle. Itch.io, Ichio, whatever. Yeah. yeah um, okay, Glitterman Grove. Glitterman Grove. Yeah. Uh, I actually right. need to play that because I never Frog I never Fractions. finished it. Did you import your Mass Effect two save? I did. I like the idea of Frog Fractions a lot more than I like Frog Fractions, but I respect Frog Fractions. I like telling people about Frog yes. Fractions. Yes. I like telling people, okay, have you heard of Frog Fractions? And if that's the answer is no, then you go, okay, great. Here's Frog Fractions. Yeah. Please play it. Uh, like, and, I can't and remember then. the creator's name, but they're working on porting it to Steam because Flash games are just going to be oh, that's right. gone at the end of the year, basically. Uh, what's his name? It's Twinbeard Jim. Jim Storm Storm Dancer? That's not his real name, is it? I doubt it's his I can't real name. Remember, it might be but, his assumed name. But I know I, I know it's either, I know it's twin it's Twinbeard for sure. Twinbeard is the developer. Yeah. I mean they did a Jim whole, Crawford. Jim Crawford. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. They Anyways. did a whole ARG before Frog Fractions 2 where people were like showing that was up in fun the middle to of follow. the street and he was there and then he got abducted. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was fun to follow everybody being like, wait, is this Frog Fractions 2? Is this Frog Fractions too? I mean, and nobody quite knowing for sure. He, he didn't he say that like the next one you probably know about will be Frog Fractions four because Frog Fractions three is going to just like come out and you're never going to figure it out. Yeah, uh, yeah, but you know who knows what he's actually if that's the truth. Uh, I think if I trust anyone to follow it, through on it, that it promise, it would be, be very good if that happened. It would be very good. It would be if that yeah, happened. it would be extremely good if like one day we're like, wait, that's Frog Fractions four, and just start. Like going well. Weird. There's so much that's, garbage that's, you could hide. Frog Fractions three in on the Steam store. Oh, it for could sure, totally exist in the on, on yeah. the consoles too. You could, yeah. yeah. That's basically at, the video game game equivalent of painting three hogs with one, two, and four, and then releasing them into the high school. <laughs> yeah, 
it's it's the equivalent of doing Jack Shot Mark Two every night, so people come back hoping to see Jack Shot Mark One. Also, if I hate if someone, that reference, by the way, yeah, same. I'm just choosing <laughs> to ignore I understand it. it. Um, but if someone had never played Frog Fractions, I would recommend to them Frog Fractions and then Bubsy 3D. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Bubsy, uh, Bubsy well, 3D, Bubsy, Bubsy 3D goes to the Bubsy James Terrell retrospective. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I'm Bubsy 3D James that matters. Retrospective. Do, yeah, did, if it have, somehow did it have an Applebee's? To a gaming no. <laughs> if you're somehow listening to a gaming podcast and you don't know what fra- Frog Fractions is, go play Frog Fractions. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. It's, yeah. yeah. But you learn a lot about you, math. Get someone to send you a link to Frog Fractions. Don't Google Frog Fractions. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, isn't it? Or wishlisted on Steam. Yeah, but I bet the Steam page will like. You know what? No, I bet it'll it'll be perfect. Like it won't oh, spoil yes. anything. No, it'll like, be because yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. It'll say that it's a counting game for kids, and it'll be like two ninety nine, and it'll make perfect sense. I mean, you guys I are think saying it'll be free, like it isn't a counting game free, for kids. Yeah. Like it doesn't just teach you math because that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually my favorite part of it's playing a very good that game. game. <laughs> It's the part where it's an 80s uh, educational yeah. game. Like Which is all that it is. Shit. People who are listening who have not played it. Um, what, was, what was y'all's favorite MECC game? Uh, we have MECC, what's that? I, I, uh, the educational games. I would say like Dino oh, Park okay. Tycoon was pretty good. Uh, 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 like I, Number I Munchers. Played a lot of Zumbinis. to look up the list. Oh, I mean, it's probably... Zumbinis. Well, I don't mean to, I don't mean to be... I don't mean to be uh, um, basic Truggle, or anything. Struggle trouble, but uh, I liked Oregon Trail a lot. Yeah, sure. I yeah, like no, Oregon I mean, it's like, I it's, lived Oregon Trail. You did live on in my Oregon. way to school every day. I, like I mean, it's basic, but it's a good game. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I like think it holds U- up still. I like I like yeah. Yukon Trail because Yukon Trail had visuals. Yeah, the Yukon Trail was good, and actually. Um, I guess I never played Amazon Trail. They didn't put it out, but there was an Africa Trail at one point where you rode a bicycle through Africa. That was kind of cool. Cause it was like awesome. modern day Africa, and it it was trying to like, I f- it could have been really really problematic. I don't remember it well enough, but at the time it felt like they were trying to teach you about like what it's like to live in Africa and like to challenge some of the the stereotypes about cool mm. Africa from like you know. Movies it's like, and shit that it's you like, would see in the nineties. It's like here, check out Nairobi. It's a modern city that kicks ass. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that was the point. <laughs> was like you would get there on your bicycle, and it would be like, just go to the grocery store and buy some bottled water and some food. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, those aren't games we've been playing. <laughs> I wait. I, maybe we should be. Maybe they maybe play yeah. Africa yeah. Trail again and see if that's true games. or if it sucks. Anyway. Okay. Well. Uh, <laughs> A game that kind kind of sucks, but is also amazing. Trackmania. Hell yes, that game does not suck. It's that game. Uh, sucks. The the the, sur- game, the things around it the game suck. Does not suck. Yeah. I don't know. Now that I've paid the part, for the, appropriate the part where you here. play it, the part where you play it is very good. Yes. Everything else is a mess. It's all it's a part mess, of the charm. But once you figure it out, I don't know. It's you're your mess. And you're talking to someone who plays games where, like, you spend roughly three hours in configuration windows before you start playing them to to get the perfect 
like settings. So in that way, uh, you know, once you're there, it's great. Um, the skin creator is a nightmare. That's the only thing that I'm upset there's, about at this point. There's a few nightmares in there. <laughs> yeah, but I've gotten over the other nightmares so far. Yeah, it it should be noted. Well, actually, no question for uh, Pat and Andre because I know Allison, you haven't been playing it. But um, what's y'all's experience with previous Track Manias? I played a lot of Track Mania Two Stadium I and played... some of the the new one on consoles. Whatever uh, Track Mania Turbo. Nation? I gotta Turbo, look yeah. at. I gotta look at what the what Track Mania. I need to to remind myself like the order they came out in because I've been playing Trackmania for almost my entire life like as long <laughs> as I can remember um yeah I played almost a, my entire life but I played a lot of Trackmania 1 um just like stadium whenever that came out basically I played played a lot of Trackmania 1 I played quite a bit of Trackmania Sunrise oh yeah um I played a small amount of Trackmania Nations then I played a shitload of Trackmania United Yep, like same. A lot of that and a lot of forever. Yep. Um, yeah, I played I a lot of games. Just so I got annoying. I got two Canyon and two Stadium. Those two I played a ton of. I played the two of those to death, and then I played a little bit of Valley, and then I never touched Lagoon. Um, oh, I didn't even know. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Lagoon. And then I never played Turbo. I never never even really looked at Turbo. Um, so this um, is my first time playing it since, uh, since I guess like twenty. 13-ish when Valley came out because um, Lagoon I, didn't come out until way after it didn't I, come out until after Trackmania Turbo. I did play Turbo and actually surprisingly Turbo had a good kind of like single player mode which is weird um, but it like had this whole that, well, campaign. That was kind of, yeah that was kind of its thing right like it didn't have yeah. the same robust server tools that yeah because it was want. a console totally. game yeah so. yeah but like it's it's like single player mode was actually pretty good but I mean Nadeo makes good tracks, so yeah. like that they, they, yeah. So so I think their single player, the single player stuff in the new one is. I mean, I played all those tracks before I I got into the playing online more. Yeah, same. Um, the, 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 okay, uh, so sorry, so go for it, Allison. Oh, oh, as an uh, this is kind of a new thought, but uh, as somebody who hasn't played any track mania games, what would you guys say sets it apart as a game? So oh it's it's like weirdly question. it's like weirdly meditative. It's it's you're not obsessing about what place you're coming in in a race. You're not obsessing over like much other than kind of like reading the track and just kind of getting into this zen state of trying to get the best time you can in like a um in a yeah. loop, like well and that's that's the structurally if you're playing it solo then obviously you can just you're just freely restarting any whatever track you want as much as you want but when you're playing on a server, there's a timer. So it's like you load into a new map. Usually it's a it's a community created map because there's a lot of track building tools. What I realized what it was last night um, when I was playing it was um, it is like Mario Maker, but it is for mm. it's like Mario Maker, but racing games. And, it's and if you could Maker put a dubstep share over well, your yes. Mario Maker yeah. level, and, then there's and it's like then there's it's the also, shared aspect of it where you're playing with a group at the same time. Yeah, it's also kind of like your dream Hot Wheels game where like you're that doing too, like yeah. loops and like going yep, on like yep, riding yep. the walls mm, and gotcha. stuff. Um, so it, like it, it is the like like if you're to, if people are talking about more realistic racers, this is like the oh this is the uh, extreme end polar of the arcade. opposite. Yeah, yeah. Like, but yeah. but the handling is good. 
Like yeah, the yeah, handling of the car is very good. Like you're still having to break into corners and stuff. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it feels somewhat realistic, but it also feels extremely arcadey. It's it's realistic in that it's not a kart racer sort of like where you don't just hold accelerate the whole time. Yeah, but uh, beyond that, it is completely off the walls bonkers. Some levels thing. you do. Well, Some yes, do. it depends on how the levels designed. For yeah, sure. um, yeah, it's it's. I love Trackmania, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> unequivocally. Yeah, it's very it's, good. Like it's, and this is a really good Trackmania. Like I think and I, it's sorry. nice that they didn't oh, break ahead. up all the uh, the different components like they did with like I've I played Trackmania Two Stadium, and that's like you've got dirt and street, and that's basically it. But then they yeah. put out like valley or canyon and like lagoon, and they had all these other tiles like that had tiles. like different. Uh, handling components and if you didn't own those other games yeah so it's nice to have that just kind of all in one game yeah like I don't even know how to describe it Um, it's It's all F1 cars driving at insane speeds on ridiculous tracks Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it it does have a really great sense of speed Um, but yeah like it does do weird stuff. Like the new tracks I've been playing have been really creative because um, they are intermingling all the new track types. So yeah. yes. previously, like if you ever played Stadium, it's I don't know about you guys, but like when I was playing Stadium, whenever we would get into a new map, you just kind of learned how to sight read it. Like yeah. you, you would just mm-hmm. kind of look for these tells you like, oh, I recognize this piece, I recognize that piece, and it's just like, yes. okay, this is probably gonna end up over here. So like and then you're able to make it through the first time around, and it's awesome. Um, but with this one, with all the new pieces, it's like I have no idea what's coming. Oh wait, I do know what's coming. But now it's ice, and I'm flying like up into the the walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, the fact that they have awesome. like ice and dirt in the same, you can transition between them, and grass, you can transition between yeah. them, is really really cool. Uh, yeah, and it leads to some really interesting track designs, and it leads to interesting situations where like if you take it for like not just getting from the beginning to the end of the track, but also for ways to improve your time. Cause I have mm-hmm. seen tracks where there's like a turn. And if you're in the specific narrow band, then you're driving on street and maybe that's the fastest, but if you cut the corner, you can slide across the ice. And then if you catch the street the right way on the edge of the slide, then maybe you could, that would be faster than taking the, the cement, like the, the concrete track. So yeah. there's a lot of interesting ways that people are com- combining those things. Um, and I also love what's one of the things that is my favorite thing about Trackmania. I was playing on the Giant Bomb unofficial classic room yep. last night. Oh, Sam. And, we were probably um, in the same room together. <laughs> probably. Uh, and um, there, uh, were you playing when there was that awful map that had the like rainbow? Ro- it was my partner no. described it as like, oh, is it like Rainbow Road bullshit? It's not like Rainbow Road, but you had to like jump. The, it was like you you started oh, yes. and then you flew up in the air and had to land on one platform and then turn left and then yes. go across another gap. Yes, that track sucks. Oh yeah, and, it's yeah. it's not that it sucks. It's it's really hard. <laughs> but it's really hard and it's not intuitive and it's like yeah, it's 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 not that it's poorly designed. It sucks to play. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure for some people it's awesome. But what was great is in the chat, everyone was like, fuck this track. This is awful. And so like, even though we were kind of having a bad time with the track, everyone could commiserate together and still be listening to a dubstep remix of the Imperial March. So, <laughs> yep. We were definitely. Okay. In the same time. You might be convincing me. Like, that's, you really that's, should play it, Allison. It, I think you should. I, 
I think Trackmania <sighs> is a game that I would literally recommend to everyone. Like, yeah. I can't think of a person that wouldn't find something in it uh, if you can get over the bad parts, which is the menus, uh, the menus, basically. Yeah. The payment scheme the explanation. It, it is it is weird, but like, yeah, like that's the thing we're kind of not talking about is how fucking great it is in like in the multiplayer. Like that's always been my favorite part from the yeah. old ones to this current one is going into a server such as the Giant Bomb on Official Classic, and it just has the stupidest uh, playlist of music, which is just like, yeah, like the Dayman dubstep is still one of my favorites. Um, yep, there was of, the other night. It was um, e- ET by Katy Perry. We we listened to an Adele set fire to the rain. Dubs oh yeah, remix yeah, that one's really about, good. About fifteen minutes. Uh, <laughs> I love and that one. Then it switched over to an all about that bass dubstep remix, which was oh, I mean, I hate it. I, oh yeah, and don't forget the Jurassic Park one. Yes, yeah. X Files. Yeah, it's, yeah, like it's. It's that kind of Weezer. stuff in here, yeah. And it's just Weezer Cross Metallica. <laughs> oh my god, it's just so dumb, but it's just so good. Has someone put <laughs> Star Wars Metallica in this new game? Not that I've seen. Okay. We, I mean, the, there were moments in the past. I mean, this isn't a moment with this game, but mm-hmm. and I don't know that it would be. But I remember back on, I think it was Canyon, a time when. On a giant bomb stream, a bunch of people were playing, and everyone decided. And Cher was playing on repeat, uh-huh. um, and and a bunch of people decided to try to just drive off the map. Yeah, and so everyone just chose a direction <laughs> and drove that way. And so you were just driving through the desert for like a solid twenty minutes while uh, Cher played Cher. on repeat. Yeah. And it, it's uh, it's weird, but it's I just. Love it. It, but what's great is then when you want to play the game for real and actually try to compete and improve your time, there's a there's a really solid racing game there. That is right. That it's is like really it's engaging. both. You can mess around and it's a solid yeah. game. It's not yeah. like excluding one for the other. Yeah, like yeah. these these tracks are built on tiles that are basically floating in the air above some environment. You can jump yeah. off of the track if you want and just drive in that environment for as long as you want. You're just not going to mark a time. So, yeah. <laughs> like, um, there's nothing stopping you other than trying and, to get good times. And even if you get a track that's like outside of your skill level or whatever, yeah. um, in five minutes it's going to rotate to something new. So yeah, and um, that's the awesome thing is like because a lot of these tracks are like like a good track is between twenty and thirty seconds long, and then you're what you're doing is you're replaying it to just learn the lines and just do it better and better and get the best time. I would agree with you. I'm not sure whoever curates tracks for the Giant Bomb on Official Classic server agrees with you. So I think what's happening <laughs> there specifically, which needs to be kind of fixed, is that you can only rate a track once you have finished it. So I don't even what, know how to rate the track once you have finished it. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I've tried, but but like so what's happening is that really good players like are coming on and rating the really hard tracks like five yeah. stars, and then those are marked as being Enjoyed by the community, so they get played in the playlist more often. Yeah. And stuff like the rating <laughs> system, I don't think that's built into no the interface. No. That's like bolted on like third party programs. <laughs> that's my, that's so, my favorite part of showing people Trackmania is when they yes. see the interface with just bullshit everywhere. Yes, just <laughs> leader like seven different leaderboards yes. just around the screen. The, oh, the, it's so good. I, well, the first night when I got on the the I got on the first day it came out on I think it was the first day it came out on the unofficial classic 
room. Mm. They're not really called servers now. They're called rooms. Uh, And it looked like really, really benign. Like there wasn't all that bullshit on it because they hadn't, they hadn't added it yet. And I was like, wow, this is, this is a lean. And then (laughs) two days ago, I got on and it was, I'll say fixed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So now it looks like garbage while you're waiting for the map to start. That's why I felt weird in Trackmania Turbo because it didn't have all the bullshit. (laughs) It really needs all of that to be functional in my opinion. But yeah, so Allison, what else do you want to know about Trackmania? Because like, (laughs) we, you got three veterans here apparently. (laughs) I, apparently, I I don't know if I have any other questions. I just I, put, I, I guess that you was you can make big your one. car into Sonic <laughs> or like Eggman. So unfortunately, finding skins for this oh my one God. is one of the ass parts. It is. Yeah, I'm sure I, more I will pop up, but yeah, it's but you, weird. You hit, you hit the download button, then like you said, Pat, I was like, there's no way he's right. And then yeah, what it does is it pops <laughs> you out to your browser and downloads a zip. So first, you have to jo- so so first you have to join you have to join a club uh-huh. to to see well, that club's. Well, well, I don't know if you have to pre- join it. But prerequisite: you have, to- you have to get the version that allows you to join a club, right? Which is so forty is thirty dollars, forty dollars, thirty dollars. It's thirty dollars for a year, um, yeah. or okay. sixty dollars yeah. for three years, which is not that bad. Yeah, I would say if you haven't played Trackmania before, you are fine to get the ten dollar version. Um, mm-hmm. Hell, you're fine to install the free one, see if you like the way the car handles, and then get the mm-hmm. $10 version. The $10 version will allow you to play in live rooms, which is like the Giant Bomb Unofficial Classic that we're talking about as a live room. It does not let you join clubs or change your skin on your car. So you're stuck with your country's flag as your car skin. Which, Can you upgrade it later? Or Yes. yes. Well, so what happens, this is going to sound confusing, and I had to work it over. I had to turn it over so in my dumb. brain like four times before I understood well, yesterday I realized that I needed the club level, which is $30 for a year. If you purchase the club level and you're already a standard level person, it it trans it chain it it converts a third of your remaining time at the standard level into club level access time. Huh. Which well, makes, makes sense because it's a third yes. of the price. Because it's yeah, a third yeah. of the price. Yes. For a minute I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I had to think about it for a little bit before I <laughs> before I did it. But yeah, so you can upgrade, you don't get a discount, but you get additional time. Okay. That, that's whatever. not terrible. That seems, that seems reasonable no, to me, actually. It's fine. And and yeah. really it's it, there anyone who is upset about a thirty dollar a year price for Trackmania, I don't think maybe it's for you because like they it is definitely like the kind of game that you want to play for a long time. And they needed to come up with some kind of the 95% of the content that you're going to end up playing. If you play a significant amount of track mania will be developed by community members. Yes. And for the game to continue to exist, the developers have to make some kind of money. And in the past, they've just put the game out and not continued to charge for it. So it's like, well, kind of, because they put the game out, then they put out Valley, then they put out Stadium, right. then they put so, out Canyon. So, and the and the assumption here, what what they're claiming, from what I've heard, is that every four months, like basically seasonally, they'll roll out some new Nadeo made maps as well as new content for. Isn't there supposed to be like a daily thing, like a daily map? There is a daily map, but I think they pull that from community maps. Yeah, it's a daily featured think. map. Uh, it can okay. be community. Yep. Um. Yeah. So so anyway, every four months, you know, for like a few dollars a month, if you 
take if you stretch it out, you're getting uh, a, a game that is having content added to it pretty regularly. So I, I don't feel bad about it at yeah, all from same. a cost perspective. Um, I think it's totally worth it. Uh, I just wish they were more upfront and clear and articulated what the difference between the tiers yes, was. That is that yes. is definitely frustrating. <laughs> it is and very like, poorly. What am poorly I? Messaged. What am I doing? Okay, okay. I think I can do the ten. No, I need the thirty. <laughs> damn it! It doesn't. It doesn't feel poorly messaged because they're trying to trick you into buying into spending more money. To me, it just feels like it's just poorly explained. Yeah. No. Like, yeah. It just one hundred percent explained. It just um, feels bad. Yeah. Once yeah, once you get way. it. It's totally fine, but um, yeah. but uh, you went so with that aside to get like new skins for cars, you have to you have the thirty dollars version, and then you have to click into a club. I don't remember if you have to join it or not, or I haven't really tried either way. Uh, um, I yeah, know. I only tried it while joining. Sorry, uh, please continue. Uh, and then you go into the club's uploaded skins. For example, I joined the Giant Bomb Club. Go into the Giant Bomb skins. They have several different skins that you can pick from that were made by members of that community. If you look at the like grid view of skins and then hit the download button, it pops a browser window and then downloads a zip file and it does not tell you where to put that zip file. (laughs) And it is not, you would think as someone who has modded a lot of video games, I was like, Oh, well surely it's just a folder in my documents that says like track mania. However, there is a folder in your documents called Trackmania, but it's broken out into completely arcane like like models, stencils, painters, <laughs> skins. Like the yeah. file structure is ridiculous. I feel okay, or, but I feel like people have been modding games for so long that it's like the fact that you don't know how to do that is bonkers. Uh, oh, people have been modding Trackmania for so long. Right, oh, exactly. Yeah. And then so then I was and then I googled where to put the skin and couldn't find anything. <laughs> uh, and then it's I just went just fucking no pat. God, back casual into the game. And if you look at it in the carousel view, not the grid view, mm-hmm. there's a little checkbox. And if you click the checkbox, then it assigns your car that skin. <laughs> But the checkbox is labeled by anything. If you want to like edit the skin, like you download it. Yes. That okay. So if you want to like, oh, I like the skin, but I want to like make Sonic's feet different. I love it so much. It's it's, it's, it's very strange. It's a beautiful mess. I can't tell if there's horn customization yet. There's not. I've seen. There's, but there's, I believe, a folder for it in the in the 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 thing. But that's like, local only. Yeah. Oh wait, oh. really? So if you play it, then you're the only one who's here hears it. Yeah, Probably. Like, I would assume if it's on a like your local, maybe it would upload. It, but I don't. I don't think it would. You do used that. to maybe, Well, I guess that's how it used to do it. I don't yeah, know. you used to be able to put in custom stuff and people would hear it. So you'd maybe, have someone with like a train horn. And maybe it's just not in the like. There's no way to change it in the game though. So maybe if you just like re like change that file. <laughs> And yeah. just like the same name. I need, I need to make sure that when I hit the horn button, everyone on the server hears the entirety of the next episode by Dr. Dre. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there was a remix do. of that also. Um, yeah, I love Trackmania. Like, we eat every day. Exactly. Um, for me, Trackmania has the same vibe that like Quake 3 did back in the day. 
like where yeah. people are coming in with like multicolored names, and you're just like, "How do you do that?" And they're like, "Well, <laughs> it's, it's like it's like here's this archaic secret of how you do that." And it's it's just that kind of stuff in the yeah. community all the time. Yeah. Like with, I think for me, this is like one of three games that is definitely in the running for my game of the year for sure. <laughs> Um, and I, I I suspect it will make my list for sure. Yeah, I, I'm loving it. It's so good. It's, it's really good. Yeah, I'm going to continue playing it pretty much every night. <laughs> I need to put more time into it. But it's a very good game to boot up for like a half an hour before you yeah. go to bed or whatever. It's that it's that kind of thing for sure. I, I'm just scared that I'm going to lose entire days to it, like I did with Trackmania Stadium. <laughs> I'm not scared. Oh, I'm not, not scared. scared of it. Ooh, sorry. Someone just went. <laughs> well, Someone I mean, I've got great. the time, but. <laughs> Uh, uh, Styrian Grand Prix updates. They decided to do the qualifying in the rain, and somebody went off the track. They're fine. Ooh. Okay. Oh well. Speaking of, yeah, Pat, you're playing. You're playing another racing game. Yeah. Another speaking of Formula game. One, it's been a fun contrast to go from um, uh, the most arcadey, while still requiring you to break game that exists to one of the more realistic. It's not as realistic as iRacing, but it's up there. Uh, and that is Formula One or F1 2020 Codemasters, um, which I wasn't I was sort of on the fence about whether I wanted to pick it up this year. But they added the feature that to me makes that game perfect. And it turns out that it more or less makes that game perfect. So uh, is it the powertrain team will remember that? <laughs> <laughs> press a, press F to rev your engine. Um, the <laughs> no. Um, so F1 2020, um, the official video game of the 2020 Formula One season, which in real life has been ultra condensed and does not resemble the, the, the race calendar. Wouldn't the, the official game, wouldn't the official game of the 2020 F1 season be Formula One 2019? Boom. <laughs> or or were they doing uh, iRacing? Is that what they were using? What were they using for They were actually using the F1, using F1 video F1. game. Yeah, okay. it, it's really good, and and it, it, I say it's not as realistic as iRacing, but it it is it is we're talking like if you unless you are playing in a sim rig with all of the assists turned off and like seated in a in a chair that costs thousands of dollars that is specifically for driving race cars, you're not going to notice. Like you're not going to be able to pick apart the handling model and how it's not as realistic. Like the yeah. drivers, the drivers use F1. To, to sort of play in the off season and keep themselves sharp and stuff. So it's, it's a very, very realistic formula one video game. When, when you turn everything off, um, I'm still playing with a controller. I want a racing wheel very, very bad, but I'm not allowing myself to get one until I get rid of the vive that I'm not using anymore. Um, so if anybody wants to buy a vive, just, you know, let me know. Uh, but, uh, um, PJC plays on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but the, the new game, is for starters, they've improved the handling model even more, which I didn't really think was possible, but they tightened up some of the way that the physics work on corner exits. So it feels even better to play. Um, They added a casual mode, which is great. So if you're just like really into the look of F1 cars and tracks, the casual mode doesn't quite make it into a kart racer, but it makes it like very easy to get into and play for anybody. Um, So that's a fun Thing if if you if you're interested in that and you can use the casual mode in one-off races or in the the standard like season modes but the real draw for me this year was they finally added a mode called my team in the past 
the only career modes have been ones where you play as a driver and try to like get yourself signed to different teams, which oh, is fun. God, I and forgot that's still about in. that. Yeah. Um, that's still really cool and it's in there. And in for that mode, they've also added it. So there's a formula one. The reason it's called formula one is because it is a formula, um, a rule set that is, that they refer to as a formula that is um, specific to the kind of like car. So it's, the formula in formula one refers to the regulations basically. Um, so there's also formula two, formula three, formula four. There's all these different FIA um, formula E formula E is electric cars. Yeah. Um, formula two is kind of the, um, minor leagues for formula one, the different teams in F1 have, uh, formula two teams that they're affiliated with kind of like with minor league baseball. And then um, typically drivers will uh, you have to have you have to have a super license to drive in Formula One, which is the hardest driving license to get in the world. So um, by driving in Formula Two, you can get points towards your super license. And then once you have enough points, you're able to move to a Formula One team, assuming there's one that wants to hire you uh, to drive. But anyway, in uh, the in the video game, you can now do a, a full Formula Two season before you get to Formula One or a condensed season or go straight to F1 last year's game had like a little narrative bit that would play out over the course of a condensed formula two season. That's no longer there, which is fine. It was interesting, but it wasn't, it wasn't like the EA stuff where it was like a full story. It was a, it was a sure. pretty short thing. There um, was no, no, like what was that Spike Lee 2k basketball game where there was yeah, ghosts? No, no. I mean, it had like <laughs> voice acting cutscenes. It had a character that was like your rival and stuff, but it, it was only about an hour to play through. And then, yeah, you got to F1 and he was still your rival, but it didn't have the cutscenes and stuff. Once you got to F1 anyway, the, the, the new thing though, my team is what I have wanted for a long time from these games, which is you um, are, you create the 11th formula one team. There's currently 10 teams competing in formula one in F1 2020. You can create your own team. Um, you are both the team principal, which is like the coach of the team and the, number one driver teams teams have two drivers. They usually have a lead driver and then a support driver. Well, supports the wrong word. Number one and number two driver. Yeah. Typically the number one driver is like considered better, but that doesn't mean there's any, there's not really any difference really between them other than sometimes teams will use the number two driver to support the number one driver in a way that the number two driver usually doesn't like. Uh, so, hmm. um, there's off, there's it, politics and stuff. But. Sounds like some, um, Tour de France kind of bullshit. Absolutely, yeah. It's not pervasive though. Like it's not like a constant thing. Usually, the two drivers yeah. consider each other rivals and partners. Like they're not, they're not, they're not. They don't, they don't hate each other. Sometimes they do, but usually. They don't. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, there is precedent in real F one for drivers to also be the team coach. Um, it hasn't happened in like forty years, so it's a little fantastical that that would be the case but it makes for a really fun mode where you're doing things like allocating budgets and um you are hiring a number two driver and then there's politics around keeping them on the team in interviews you have like it'll have you like give you the option like call out specific uh divisions within your team and then it improves their morale which makes it easier for them to research car upgrades and stuff um and it makes for a really interesting mode because you're getting sort of the the franchise management you would get out of a game like the show or NBA 2K's like my team modes, 
but it's so different because in formula one, you know, you have two drivers and then everything else is about developing the car. And Mm -hmm. so it's a different set of verbs that you're using to try to develop the car. And then on top of that, one of the things that's so exciting about formula one is it's not always about who wins the race. Um, It's so much about the midfield and like getting points and what's happening down track from like the, the, the top racers. So what's cool is in a, in a realistic world and I've yet to really dig deep enough in my first race, I qualified at number like number three grid position and then came in third place and almost came in second place, which is highly unrealistic for a brand new team that is using, I'm using a Renault power unit and like, that's not that Renault is a midfield team. Um, so it's not impossible, but it doesn't, it didn't feel super realistic, but I'm still tuning the difficulty. So that's probably a big part of it. But mm-hmm. in a, in a, if you, if you get it to a place where it feels realistic, you're not competing to win the race. You're competing for eighth, ninth, 10th place in your early seasons, which is really interesting because you get to sort of see your team develop over time and get better. It's not like Mario Kart where you're like, uh, well, I want to win the circuit. So I'm going to, restarted if i don't win kind of thing um and so it's just it's it's very cool when you combine that with the with the really good handling and it looks utterly incredible like there's moments where you would be forgiven for mistaking it for real racing from certain angles not all the time but uh it's it's good and then they have a really good um like the treatment the production value and stuff when you start the race you get all of the like lead in graphics that they use on real the real broadcasts and you get the real commentators talking over things um it's just it's really 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 impressive i i'm i'm really um pleased that they were able to kind of breathe extra new life into the game in a year when it's really weird the real yeah. life the real life f1 is really strange right now and um, real life is really weird but yeah yeah like F1 seems like in terms of racing games has been the most consistent over the years that I've heard. Like it sounds like like there's been a couple of years where it's been not as great, but like in general people are always like, yeah, this year's one is good. Yep. Like, yeah, I mean it, they don't change too much about it from year to year. This is like probably the biggest change. Last year adding the F2 narrative stuff was was the big change and that didn't feel as consequential as this by any means. This year the my team mode is like is is a, is a huge deal i think and i think it should be the foundation for what they do in the future for sure cool um Allison, andre i have a question for both of you mhm how many f1 drivers it. how many f1 drivers can you name zero so, uh, <laughs> i mean honestly alexander like... hamilton <laughs> alexander um, hamilton i love that Allison. Not an f1 driver uh, lewis hamilton see. is an f1 lewis, driver yeah. uh, uh pastor maldonado Sure. Um, yeah, but, uh, uh, that's that's. I've got. Uh, that's all I've got, got for like sure. It's I've Alexander got, Hamilton and Pastor Maldonado. I, I've got. I mean, one of those isn't right, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I've got. I've got Kimi Räikkönen. Uh huh. All right. And, and Schumacher. Schumacher. Right? Sure. Sure. Yeah, those are the um, two I got. <laughs> and Vettel. No, no. Vettel. Sebastian Vettel. Yes. Sebastian mm. Vettel. Yeah. Yep, Sebastian Vettel, who at the end of this season does not have a seat anywhere, <laughs> despite being one of the best F1 drivers of the last <laughs> two decades. 
that's I a didn't whole know that. can of worms. Uh, uh, Christian Bale. He's getting the boot. Yeah, Christian from. Bale. Uh, What's um, funny is that Red Bull's team principal is named Christian Horner. <laughs> but uh, that's um, there. Oh, oh Max he, Verstappen. That's a Max good Verstappen name. is the future of F one. He is he is a uh, he is he is a young bull, as Red Bull likes to put it. He is uh, the last person whose name I would have possibly been able to pull. I'm surprised uh, that anyone knows who Max Verstappen is outside of I just Formula Googled One it. fans because he's so new. We got um, Tom Brady. <laughs> Uh, Tim Tebow. I think that's what he's doing now. <laughs> For, uh, Fernando Alonso. Anyone? I've actually heard that name. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a he's a big one. He's coming. I think back he's a character year. in Prison Break. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, also, they sh- I, I should say before we move on that Formula yeah. One 2020 has introduced a battle pass. <laughs> Wait, it's called, but, but, but. it's called the Podium Pass. Oh. <laughs> Uh, battling for that podium oh position. My God, I love it. The version of the game, I guess I got the Schumacher edition because it was only like five dollars oh, more. Wait, um, I, I have to ask with a pair of shoes, be- like before, racing shoes. No. Before anything, um, does it get, does it allow your your driver to floss? I don't know. I haven't gotten that far. So the first, oh, so, so whatever version of the game I bought had came with fifteen thousand of their premium currency. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what you can spend it on. The podium <laughs> pass was nine thousand of the currency, so I bought it. Um, so maybe what towards I, the next podium pass. So, well, the first one was like a, a Saturday night fever pose where you're like doing a weird <laughs> disco pose that, that happens when you're on the podium. Oh, I love um, it. Oh, there has so, to be a floss. Then. So, so there's probably a floss in there somewhere. Fuck. What's, uh, what, what, what is funny is when you start playing, it's like this year's formula one in, introduces content that you can unlock over the course of the whole game's lifespan. And I was like, okay. And it's like, it's called the podium pass and it's completely free. And I was like, huh? Okay. And then it's like, there's also a paid tier you can purchase if you like. <laughs> so it's like, okay. So it's just the same kind of battle pass as everything else. That's so um, good. I will say that what I do like about the podium pass is you do progress it, whether you're playing multiplayer or single player. So oh, that's cool. You do not, you do not have to play multiplayer in order to, uh, to advance it. Yeah. Their multiplayer, by the way, is wild because you have a license. And so, like, if you race like an asshole, you will lose points and then you won't be able to play in like ranked online play, which oh, is I, fucking wild. Man, <laughs> I feel like I would have a rough time with F1 multiplayer because I'd be used to track mania, which has no clipping. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. no, there's lots of clipping. There's, yeah. in fact, if you All clip clipping. in Formula One, you lose wheels. Uh, <laughs> so. You cannot. Um, and, and, and so basically the way that the points work is like it, there's like a race director that like, if you, if it determines who causes contact and stuff and it's pretty accurate about it. And if you like exceed track limits by cutting corners and stuff like that, it'll give you those points. And then eventually it'll be like, well, for a week you can't play ranked cause you drove like an asshole. That's it's, kind of, that's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. You have to agree to the terms of that when you, when you, first boot up the game but yeah i if you have a passing interest in formula one i would recommend um check out the netflix series drive to survive even if you're not that interested in formula one it's amazing um really really good it yeah. really goes into the personalities of the people behind it which is a huge part of the game or a huge part of the sport and then uh the shift f1 podcast is excellent as well uh from daniel dwyer rob zachney and drew scanlon um 
they uh, they do a primer episode every season. And their primer for this season was well before the COVID uh, pandemic. So it's a little outdated in terms of some information, but it still will get you up to speed. Um, up to and, yeah, speed? I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton... They are waiting in the oh, pit no. for you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, they are changing of, your wheels for you. There's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot of problems with that. Please read my cannibal. Have to get my cannibal Hamilton fanfic where Hamilton and. Uh, 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 Thomas Jefferson have to race for uh, their rights to, to do a do a thing. Uh, Politics. The uh, Lewis Hamilton, the Formula One driver, probably the best uh, racing driver in any discipline in the history of motorsport, and also one of the only black drivers in the history of motorsport, and certainly the only black driver to win a uh, Formula One World Championship. So yeah, <laughs> that's what I said. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so an interesting contrast with the musical Hamilton, which some would say have issues. Uh, it's, it's, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just it's the musical about the the wonderful sport of Formula One. I don't I don't know what issue you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But OK, Speaking if you say so. I have OK, I have to say I have no interest in uh, Formula One, but if they made a musical about it, I would watch that musical. That's what Hamilton's they about. Should. What, what do you one think? Of, <laughs> one of the best parts about Formula One is that there's so much content each weekend to watch because you get like three 90 minute practice sessions, an hour qualifying session, and then an hour race. So during the 90 minute practice sessions, um, and what's also cool about it is unlike something like football or other sports, when you watch, if you watch all that content over the course of a weekend, you've seen everything Formula One for the weekend. It's not like there's a bunch of different games taking place. But during the practice sessions, the commentators are just like fucking just goofing off and saying like ridiculous stuff all the time. Like the one that I loved from Thursdays was uh, um, one of the commentators was like, well, the grandstands are empty except for one lone little boy with a spyglass. Let's go to Ted Kravitz. (laughs) (laughs) And then he was like, he ignored him for like 10 seconds because of the joke. And like, Ted, are you That's there, Ted? So <laughs> he was like, sorry, I wasn't listening. It's, it's very, it's, oh, it's very funny. They're very, they likeable. should do what like Japan and Korea have been doing with their sporting events and just filling the stands with stuffed animals. Instead, they've oh, put tarps over the stands that have advertisements on them, which oh, probably helps them. It no. probably uh, helps them recoup the massive financial yeah. loss that I'm sure that this season has been. You know, that's suppose, fair, but it also kind of sucks. In a yeah. in a in a sport where teams have budgets up to the hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, okay. <laughs> there was some concern among the fandom that this year would potentially be really, really bad for the future of F1. Totally fair. You know, yeah, that's reasonable. They sh- they another thing they could do is the thing they did in Barcelona with the the opera, where they just filled it with plants. Yeah, that was so cool. They should totally do that. <laughs> unfortunately, the plants for reaction shots. Unfortunately, too, <laughs> and I think it probably depends largely on where they've been in Austria for two weeks. Um, but uh, the the <laughs> there's like people still showing up. They're just not allowed into the 
track area and the grandstands. So they're just like, you know, 400 yards away on the side of a mountain with binoculars and you can still see them in like camera shots and stuff, That's which awesome. don't do that. Don't just <laughs> watch it from home. You can watch That's all of it funny. with an F one TV subscription, which is like $8 a month. Uh, yeah. Uh, pr- probably the smart way to handle it. Well, that was a lot of racing talk. Stop. Yeah, a lot of a lot of yeah. racing talk. Let's make a pit stop and talk about an old an old favorite uh, fire emblem. Yeah, I don't need to talk about that too much, but I've been uh, decided to put uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses back on the Switch. Um, so I've been playing that uh, playing Black Eagle's House. I would like to eventually get through um all of the main routes um but that might take a while <laughs> um, yeah. but I, sorry but, yeah i started playing black eagles like right after i finished the my first blue lions route uh and i think i needed a break because this this is a big game with that's Exactly All the content. What happened. That's exactly what happened to me. Is I finished the same route. I finished the Blue Lions route, and I was like, I just I want to see what happens in Black Eagles because it was it seemed like a cool house. Yeah. Um, and then then you have to play the entire beginning of the game over again. Yeah, and I yeah. think it's basically a good the beginning, same. But at the same time, it's like you're like, okay, I get it. Okay, I get it. So um, it'll be interesting to see how long it takes me to get through the rest of these, but. Yeah. Um, I also uh, um, paid for the expansion pass, so I will see oh. how those you get new the rat school or rat kids or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the whatever bikini, that is. The bikini pass. Yeah, oh, sure. Um, my character has glasses now, so you know, worth the uh, thirty yep, bucks. Every penny. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, I'm gonna play the side story soon and then get the. Uh, uh, new uh, characters, so make it'll be sure, interesting to see. Make sure to save yourself some pain uh, right before you get to like the big reveal moment. Yeah, make sure it's you have a save and keep save. a save there because yep. that's what I'm planning. If so you I want to play all the paths, you're gonna have to go back to that point. Yeah, that's what I'm planning. Is that I can just do? I'm, I'm gonna do one Black Eagle path and then go back to that save and then so, finish the other path where uh, so it diverges when you have the opportunity to recruit new students do you have a mm-hmm. list of who some of your first ones will be Ooh. so so is the thing just, is with recruiting uh since i'm playing as a female character mm-hmm. sylvain will just go with you immediately <laughs> so i've already recruited of course he will <laughs> yeah so, like, he just shows up, he's like, hey, I was thinking I'd like to be in your house. And you're just like, Sylvain. You're like, like, I am hot. <laughs> 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 but, but apparently that's the case. So I have Sylvain. pretty um, funny. Other than that, I, I mean, I love my all the blue lions. So I'm just Same. like, anytime I, like, like, it comes up to... Like, like, you know how there's this stuff where uh, every, if you hit somebody's birthday, you can give them, like, birthday flowers? Yep. I'm like, I will do that for every blue lion. I will talk to you all the time. 
So I, I, I just love, I love those guys. So that's, that, that's anybody I can grab from that house would be good. Except like, I know that I can't grab to do. Yeah, to do. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> the boy. But see, if you've already got them, shouldn't you want to find like the other people? Like, yeah, no. that's true. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I do want to do the uh, golden deer route eventually. Um, and I do like the characters in it. Like, like that's the thing is that I genuinely, th- there are very few characters in this game where I'm just like, uh, I don't, I, can, I don't care for you. But like, mm-hmm. I feel I like most of the of characters one. are so. Well, are you thinking of the same one? It's what's the kid's name? Oh, Cyril. They're all kids. Cyril. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I was thinking Cecil or whatever. Yeah, Cyril. That. He sucks. Yeah, no, he he does kind of suck. Um, no, but I'm gonna recruit him anyways because I. Uh, the other one is like Lawrence, who's who I, I oh, like yeah. him. I like him, but oh, Lawrence is blue hair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lawrence is golden deer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is he? Well, then he's, he's not. He's in as someone who played most of that game. Uh. As Golden Deer, I will say right, Lawrence is one player. of the interesting characters. Okay, so he gets bag, interesting because yeah, like he does, yeah. Okay, because like if you don't see any of that, you re- he, you just are like, okay, yep. he's just he's kind of he's kind awful. of asshole. He's, he's yes. a noble asshole. He's a noble asshole, and in and for the first half of the game, he's like, he's just you. You're just like, dude, I just want to fucking just just cut your head off, basically, because he's just he'll like go up to women in the house and be like. So when are we going out? And you're like, and they're they're like, mm, no. And he's like, I mean, you have to because I'm a noble. So yeah. And it's just like, dude, I don't want to be your teacher. <laughs> I don't want to play this game anymore. You're Fuck expelled. You. So you just turn ass. You just you turn him into your just say like, hey, you're expelled. By the way, you at the very least, when he asks why the women in the house don't like him, you can basically say because you're an asshole. Uh, and um but then eventually he does kind of like start to like there's a there's a there's a decent if i recall it's been a while since i played but there's a decent moment where he's talking to someone and he's like oh this i love doing this and that person's like i've never done that and he's like it's like it's not riding horses but it's like playing like polo or something like that it's like some rich people activity yeah like rich person the game other, the other person's like it's one of the women in the house who's who is not a noble and um She's like, yeah, I've never done that. And he's like, what do you mean? We do it all the time. And she's like, we don't. You do. And he's like, what are you talking about? And then like starts to understand a little bit. But like, oh, he, class differences are a thing. He has like, the yeah. same problem that a lot of characters in that game, in my opinion. Like one of the issues I had with getting into it was like, dude, we've been playing for like 25 hours and people have been trying to explain this to you for 25 hours and your one note this whole time has been, I'm a rich asshole and now a light bulb's going off. <laughs> but otherwise, it does get, his story does get a little bit more interesting. Okay, okay. So at least when I get to Golden Deer, I can, I'll be able to tolerate it eventually. <laughs> yeah, he's really awful for a while though. And I don't know that I would say he gets better, but at least the story the around, him, around him gets interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But, you already have one of the best characters in the game in your house. Yes, I do. <laughs> she's the best. I love her. <laughs> we don't even need to name her because she's the best. I know. I, I know that we're both on the same page. 
because she has uh, hella social anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I, I'm just so happy she's in my house. And uh, yeah, it's that's that's that like, like I said, like, I think out of all the houses, like Blue Lions is currently my favorite, but that might be just because I spent so much time with them and I got like really emotional about their story. So maybe a lot of these will grow on me, but I've always loved Bernadetta. So I'm so I'm excited. I didn't even really want to recruit her. Not because I didn't like her though, just because like I didn't need another person and, and, but uh, it was always enjoyable to go knock on her door and see like if I could get cause her her intense anxiety. (laughs) It's not, not to cause her anxiety, but to, to like, try to like be like, I brought cake for you. Do you and she's want like, this? I hate you. Yeah, she's like, no, I don't. It's like, just close the door. But actually, the, but actually, then she starts yes, breaking I do out want of her it. shell, it and it's beautiful. It's oh, yeah. beautiful when she starts like. <sighs> she's one of the characters her- that has a good arc and an interesting yeah, her, one. She leaves a, her room, and yeah. you're just like, oh, Bernadette, I'm so proud of you. It's yeah, great. Yeah. That game, I have such mixed feelings about that game. <laughs> oh, mine like, are I, not mixed at all, considering it was. Uh, Number one on my list last yeah. year. <laughs> but like, I'm, now I'm thinking back to him, like, yeah, I really liked, like Dorothea's story and stuff like that. Like, all of oh, those were yeah, so good. Oh, yeah, she's good. There yeah. are very good parts of that game, and then there are parts that are like, why Why did you design it like this? Why did you, why did you do this? <laughs> yeah. You know, but that's I think overall of, it's a good game. Yeah, but that's overall just I like Nintendo. it, too. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's going to be really... I was just thinking about that, because I'm like... I mean, I, from what I understand this game did really well so i'm assuming that they're going to be making another uh fire emblem for uh switch sooner or later um they sure as shit ain't making advanced wars <laughs> right but i mean like well, they it, it'll be interesting to see how they, that how they that wasn't intelligent systems was it no but it was some devs from it. But anyways, sorry. Please continue, Alison. But like, but no, I, I, I just think that it'll be interesting to see where they go with the Fire Emblem formula from, uh, from Three Houses. And I, I think as somebody who, who ultimately came away pretty negative on that game, I, a lot of those design decisions that they make, I have my criticisms of like the narrative decisions in the first half of the game, but I can't really comment on it, on it as on a whole because I didn't finish it. Um. And I think a lot of those systems are the kind of things that's like, I think we spent like half hour gushing about how great Trackmania is. Someone could boot up that game and go, this fucking sucks. I can't figure out how to play it. And then yeah. bail. And I would respect that as a really valid criticism. But at the same time, I really like that game. So I think it's like, I don't like some of the gameplay choices that they made. But if it doesn't affect your enjoyment of the game that much and you still really love it like i can't be critical of that either so yeah like i i i feel like i understand like whenever when we've gone through all of the fire emblem discussion before i feel like i understand where you're coming from it's just that for whatever reason even the like jank feels cozy to me yeah no (laughs) in a weird way and i think like no and that might be like a nintendo thing for me in general where like 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 we're talking about that or like with Pokemon or something where it's like yeah I where I'm like oh it's it's just it's just to, their weird design choices I it's I'm fine to to pull it back to Trackmania the because 
that's what needs to happen when you're comparing Fire Emblem. Oh um, yeah, like that's the you the, know closest comparison. Yeah, they're Track pretty much Mania the same thing. is a an Nintendo ass release. Yeah, it, it's just it is, not, especially for online. It's not uh, like the menus aren't polished enough. Right, but like when you're saying like the jank ass feels comfortable, like yeah. that's when I'm like, oh, I didn't feel comfortable in Trackmania Turbo because it didn't have the billion leaderboards on the side. Yeah, and <laughs> so, I think yeah, I think I it is it. a, I think I think one could be. I'm not being critical of you in this way, Allison, but I think one could be critical of the Nintendo fan base of forgiving a lot of bullshit because Nintendo makes very cozy games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, no, I and I mean, I I, I feel like I rec- I'm. Trying to, I try to like. Oh yeah, you do. I'm not. That, that's recognize not that. Yeah. No, but I, I totally get it because I mean, there are definitely times where I'm just like, oh, the online for this Nintendo thing is terrible. But I'm like, that's Nintendo. But the thing is, that's something that a lot of fandoms do. Like, as someone right. who who's a huge fan of of CRPGs, like CRPGs often have a lot of jank, and they also often have a lot of like pretty problematic elements to their lore and stories and stuff, and people who are fans of that genre find ways to like reconcile that too. So sometimes I think on the one hand, I do think that the Nintendo fandom can sometimes be a little, um, uh, forgiving, but at the same time, I think people can be critical of the Nintendo fandom in a way where they're not critical of their own, the things that they are themselves very forgiving of. So yeah, the end of the day, for, it's like, you like what you like. Except, yeah. except for sticker star. No one well, likes sticker star. Yeah. I no. mean, that sure. Yeah. But like honestly for good reason though. Yeah. Well, I, I had a, a transition all lined up way back when we talked about Lorenz. Um but it's too late now. It's a mobile uh, effort. So it, well, I think Allison's oh. been putting in a mobile effort with this next game. Yeah, but I'm still I'm still <laughs> playing this. it on Switch though. <laughs> Damn it. Thank you. I'm so oh, hey, the Switch is still so mobile. Yeah. Switch is still a mo. Yes, it is. Uh, Take that well, with you. I mean, I, My I play it mobile, mobile too. So. You can't play it mobile. I guess you could <laughs> if you had like a battery and a screen, but that's. Uh, Just pull out my old screen from my PS1 that snapped onto it and snap it onto oh, my PS4. So badass. Take it on a. Oh, so cool to play like. Uh, what was the. Was it Legend of Dragoon? Probably. I can't remember. I played a full JRPG. For like a twelve-hour car ride once. Okay. It fucking rules. <laughs> That's pretty great. It was awesome. Yeah. No, but uh, what I've been playing, uh, what I played a little bit earlier this week, uh, was the sequel to uh, a game I've already talked about, which is yeah. Kukiomi Considerate. I played uh, Kukiomi Two Considerate more. I oh, ass- yes. <laughs> it is. That's so good. I hope the next is, one is Considerate the Third. <laughs> I don't know, but I am on board because these games are weird and uh, like uh, I, I I I know you can get the first one on mobile. I don't know what the second one is or if uh, it's on it's mobile. Only in Japanese right now. On mobile, but like yeah, I downloaded it uh, mm. earlier. Uh, you can download it. Uh, it's on like the you know the Western Play Store, but it's all in Japanese and but. It, you drag stuff around on the screen. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, like, it, it's it. If you want to play that, um, it'll be on, it'll be on mobile. They'll translate it eventually because, uh, it's in English in the uh on the Switch store right now. Although they do very charmingly say like 
parts of this game's text will be in Japanese. Enjoy Japanese culture. And you're just like, okay. Um, but uh, if you hadn't heard the episode where I talked about it, it's basically kind of a WarioWare type game, except it's with you in social situations deciding how considerate to be. Um, so, for example, um, uh, one of the things that's on the uh, store page for for it is somebody says, okay, you can have one bite of this cake, and you have to p- pick, like, what bite you take. So, could you do to pick, like, the biggest bite you possibly can? Do you take all of the strawberry on the top of the cake? Or do you just, like, take a tiny piece? And it's like, it's all, like, trying to be considerate about other people. But it's very, um, some of the situations are extremely specific to Japanese culture. Yes. To the point where I'm like, it doesn't really tell you how you did until no. <laughs> until the end of, like, five of these situations. And it gives you, like, a score, but I don't know what it means. Um, like there was one in the first one where you're just you're at a conveyor belt sushi restaurant mm-hmm. or a sushi go round as it's uh, often called, and it's like okay, which sushi are you going to take? Because you're like in between several people, so it's like, do you just take a bunch in a row, or you just like like let a few go by, then take one, let a few go by, then take one, or do you take a bunch? Yeah, it's it's really weird. Yeah. And then it just ends, and it doesn't really tell you what you're doing, so it kind of leaves you to stew in the situation of, wait, did I do the right thing? Did, like, like there was one in, where you're uh, on a bus, and you get to the end, and it's the, you get to the last stop. Do you still, uh, uh, like, do the button to say, like, to alert the driver that ring, you want to get ring, off? Ring the bell, whatever. Do yeah. you still ring the bell, or do you just get up? And... And then it just like you you decide what to do, and then it fades into the next one, and you're like, no, I don't know what I did. Was I wrong? Was I right? And it kind of just uh, makes you stew in these real life situations. But some of them are very much not real life. Like uh, in the first one, there's one where it's like, hey, you're on a date uh, with your girlfriend who happens to be a cow. Do you take her to this restaurant or do you take take her to the meat restaurant? It's like probably don't want to take her to the meat restaurant. So like, uh, like some of the situations are very much like, Oh, this is really real life. Um, but then some of the other situations are like, what is even going on? Um, and this kind of, this is basically very, very, very similar to the, uh, first one. It's just some, a lot of different new situations that they've thrown in basically. So it's, um, it's cool. Yeah. So I, I recommend checking them out if, if you're interested. Um, at, at the very least, check out the first one on mobile because it's free. And it's uh, it's a very, very weird game, but it, it kind of does scratch that uh, WarioWare itch, especially yeah. since uh, we need one of those on Switch, please. It, um, it, it, it always felt somewhere between WarioWare and like Hated My Game by Mom. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Uh but like it's it's also just uh, a lot of like specific Japanese culture things too, where you're just like as as an American who like I I know a decent amount about it, but I at the same time I don't know everything about Japanese culture. Obviously, since I wasn't born or don't live in it, um, there are certain things where you're just like, wait, what is the most considerate way to go about this? Wait, what do I do I, with this business card? 
What do I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you gotta just take like, both both hands. Yeah, you have to grab it. You have to look at it. You have to be like, oh, damn, that's a nice business card. And then you have to put it in a pocket. You have to say, or in your business card holder. You you have to be like, oh, sugoi. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Like, it's it's expected. Recently, where you're a cashier and you're giving change back. And, like, I forgot that in Japan they have those little, like, change thingies that you, like, put it in. Oh, yeah. yeah, I just handed it to the person. And I was just like, then I see the. Like that, there's a like a and little take, indentation, yeah. and I was like, "No, I did it wrong." And then they take the money from you, and then they put it in the tray. Like, listen, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, no, but, I'm afraid but, to go it, to like, Japan. <laughs> there's so many of those options where you're just like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! No, I did it wrong." And yeah. then it just fades out, and you go, "You're like still stewing in that," and then you have to deal with like escalator etiquette, uh, and it's like, that's very funny. But, Japanese people need to get their shit together when it comes to escalators and like walkways. They need to pick a side. (laughs) I have. There is no consistency. Like maybe a one train station will have consistency. Like everyone will do the same thing at one train station. But between train stations, good luck trying to figure it out. For what it's never going to be the same. In places, in the two places that I've lived the most, in in well. The place that lived the most in the Midwest in Michigan, people generally like pick their lanes appropriately when they're going through like the grocery store or on mm-hmm. escalator or whatever. Same is true in Seattle, but I lived in Florida for a long time, and in Florida, it's a complete fucking nightmare. People just oh, walk can you, a lot of old people can you are confused. Imagine Kukiyomi Three in Florida. Please, don't. Oh, no one should do that. Okay, don't. developers of Kukiyomi, I know that you're from Japan and aiming this like at Japan, but like, can you just show us what you think? That's- the, the game should only be about airlifting Florida? people that are marginalized in Florida out of the state so that they don't have to live there anymore and then building a wall between Florida and Georgia. Get, get some like alligators and like, oh, yeah. what do you do when there's an alligator on your doorstep? You know, oh, my, my neighbor looks like they're cooking meth. What do I do? <laughs> but, but I just so want them to make it from realistic. a very... <laughs> I had that thought when I lived in Florida. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh God! Uh, so I wanted to sorry to our Florida-based listeners. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, that doesn't apologize. I was um, born there, so I'm allowed to say that. Uh, I want to point out when I have I a friend from Florida. I didn't know what uh, what Kukiomi was, um, and I so I Googled it, and in the image results. Uh, I'm going to try to describe the image that I found. There is a person um, uh, over a, I guess it looks like a bathtub kind of, Mm -hmm. with their hands on either side of the bathtub, and then they're kind of like on their hands and knees with their knees keeping themselves from like falling in the bathtub. Mm -hmm. And they have a very large buttocks that in the art kind of appears upside down, like the cheeks seem like they're upside down, which is weird. And they're wearing like... Uh, like large underpants and it says above them, don't push me. And then right on their butt, it says stunt man. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. On comedy show. Yeah. On comedy show. Yeah. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. weird. And yeah, if you like stunt men and big butts and you cannot like lie. 
Well, uh, speaking of liking big butts, if you like mm. big butts, you might like Hades. That's accurate. There's a lot of hot people in Hades. Yeah, everybody <laughs> like in Hades fire? is hot. Uh, no, yeah. well, I mean, well, yeah, but also like and, and attractive. Also the, and attractive in a wide range of ways. The, yeah. The, the art design in that game fucking slaps. Like it is. It's to be expected. So good. It's, but it's, it's a super it's, giant game. I it's think it's just, above and beyond the stuff that they've even done. In that. I mean, Pyre has some pretty um, remarkable art. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but, but and I don't, I don't mean to take that. Like, I don't mean it in a way to take away from anything Hades is doing. Cause it, does look incredibly good and like the range of styles and character design yeah and, and like different really kinds awesome. of people and stuff is really cool yeah so hades is super giants latest uh, it's an early access it launched in early access on the epic game store when that launched was that two years ago a year ago it was when a year was ago that? Was, year well ago. the year and a half now year yeah. and a half yeah yeah it was in december 2018 Okay, that's okay. So yeah, that happened, and it's been chugging along in early access ever since. Uh, I picked it up two two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, two week week and a half, two weeks ago, and boy, that I boy is that game good. Like it's just so good. It's supposed to be hitting 1.0 later this year, so it'll be out of early access. They just did their final big update, which is. Like it seems like a pretty complete game. I haven't like gotten to the end of whatever's there, but basically they just need to add in the end of the game at this point. So Which that's I, where they're at. I I think they may have actually done that because they put out an update that said that like the they pushed the new update that made it basically content complete, and mm-hmm. the next patch is mostly just balance tweaks and mm-hmm. bug fixes. Oh. I, th- I thought it was the real ending. Maybe I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe there, maybe there's something narrative it. that they were secretive about, and that they actually slid in yeah. the the final final thing too. I don't know. So, so I've not been keeping up with anything Hades. Like ever since it was announced in early access, mm-hmm. I don't know. I know it's isometric, much like all of their games are, pretty yeah. much. Um, so, what's different about it? Like, what is it? It is a roguelike. Cool. A roguelite. Roguelite. Light. A roguelite. A roguelike uh, light. You are playing as um as Zagreus, uh the son of Hades and Persephone, and you are trying to escape the underworld, uh to go up to the uh, the human world and join your family members on Olympus or uh and like chill out with the other gods because you're like, I'm sick of the underworld. I'm a angsty teen. Yeah, Zagreus have very, has very good angsty teen teen vibes, but not in a way where you want to punch him. In a way where you're like, I've been there too. I get it. He's he's just like so over it. Yeah, he's just yeah. too cool for uh, for dad. And it's uh, reasonable too, because because dad's kind of like at once an asshole and also like kind of a chump, but like, mm-hmm. but he's also Hades, so yeah, he kind of runs things. <laughs> And he, you know, he's got all his uh, beef with the gods of Olympus and being sad about Persephone because she's not around anymore and all that kind of stuff. So is it it a bunch of combat encounters and then there's story in between? Yeah. So when you, so you're doing runs and you're going through the various levels of Olympus, there's like four main levels. 
I think. Yeah, four levels. Uh, and then there's like boss fights and stuff between. Mm-hmm. And you're collecting boons from each of the gods. Uh, like after you complete a combat room, you'll like get a, a reward. Sometimes it's like a key or it's a resource like uh, sh- like darkness shards or gems. And you use those between runs to upgrade your care uh, to upgrade Zagreus and make him stronger or unlock new weapons, stuff like that. And that uh, in each time you encounter the gods, they have like some little thing to yeah. talk about with you. Yep. Um, there's so much voice acting and like, uh, and you can give them like you can give them a certain item you find like this little vial of something and that increases your relationship with them. And mm-hmm. so then they'll like have more conversations with you and then you get more stuff in your uh, in your like codex about the gods. And then once you die, you go all the way back to like the entrance of Hades where all the new spirits are coming in and Hades is there like, yep next next and there's uh various people hanging around that you can talk to like nix which who is um is nix the nix is the god she's like pre-goddess not titan but she's like darkness and she like did the underworld before hades showed up oh and then so it's, it's not nix assassin it's not a spiky I, bug I, no i was i was, I was not a goblin joke <laughs> Uh, or oh yeah, no Dota, right? I'm yeah. thinking of stick. I'm thinking of sticks. That's what I'm thinking of. Sticks, the, sticks, the goblin. Yeah, uh, and then there's like Hypno, who is like the the sleep guy, and he's like monitoring all the people coming in to Hades. And Achilles, or yeah, Achilles is here, and he's the one who trains Agrius. And you can always talk to him, and it'll be like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm trying to help you get out of here, but there's only so much I can do. I trained you. I didn't train Hades. <laughs> Stuff like that. And so you're you're getting all these interesting character inter- uh character backstories and interactions pulling from Greek mythology like uh Eurydice and uh Orpheus, Orpheus? No. What? What's his name? Uh the Morpheus? I can't remember. Orpheus, maybe? Mor- yeah. Mor- Morpheus, he's like... No, not Morpheus, not Morpheus. Uh, I believe no. it's Morpheus, you're, yeah. You're the one? Yeah. No, uh, that is not the one. Uh, yeah, so I think Take Orpheus... the red vial or the blue vial. <laughs> yeah. That's, and so you're like Eurydice and or- Orpheus. Orpheus went to the underworld to try and save Eurydice from the underworld, but then there was like, okay, if you don't look back... Yes before you get out of the underworld, then you'll save her and you can take her out. But then right before he got out, he looked back to see if she was still there and cause he like lost faith or whatever. And so she was doomed to be stuck in the underworld. And so she's like, you find her and she's like still mad about it. And like, or that jackass, but now Orpheus is dead and he's like in Hades, uh, hall as the minstrel or whatever. And he's like, oh, I feel so bad about it. I miss her, but I can't do anything because I doomed her here. And so you're like unpacking that story between runs. Good stuff where you'll like come back and Hades is like, it's good to see you again. And like he's just like mocking you the whole time. Uh, Oh, you're back again. again. Yeah. That sounds cool. You can pet pet Cerberus. Oh, cool. (laughs) Your your Um, ex-girlfriend is trying to kill you. She's one of the first bosses. She is the first boss, yeah. Yeah. 
That's, it sounds it's interesting. Very good. Does the combat like it? Does it feel kind of like Bastion in that you can kind of play it with a bunch of different combat styles or or uh, Transistor yeah. for that matter? So there are. It's I'd say it's closer to Bastion than Transistor because Transistor is very like strategy focused and like yeah. Uh, slow uh there are like six six seven or eight weapons i don't remember exactly um and each one is very different from the others cool yeah so it's and then you can upgrade them and like they each have like three alternate modes so there's like a sword which is just like you know general hack and slash there's a spear which you can throw and then recall to you so it's got like super long range i think it's literally leonidas spear uh, I think it's a, a wielded by gods. It might be a part of the, Le- the Leonidas spear is definitely an Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey, but I, I don't know if that's what because like they they were used in like the war against the Titans. A lot yeah, of these yeah. weapons were so. And then there's like there's a bow and arrow. There's a, a shield. There's some fists, and then there's just a gun. That it's sounds like Bastion. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so you can, and before each run, uh, you go into like, so you go through your room and you can upgrade like with your magic mirror in there. And then you go through and there's just like all the weapons. And then there's just the skeleton guys like, oh yeah, beat me up. I'm just here to get beat up so you can try your weapons. And then, you know, you pick your weapon, then you go on your run uh, and then you're stuck with that weapon for the whole run. Uh, mm-hmm. and sometimes it'll be like, oh, well, this weapon, this run is going to give you bonus, like, uh, resources of a certain kind. So you can be like, cool. well, I want to try and get further, and I like this weapon more, like, I'm better with that one, but this one's going to give me more stuff. So there's there's incentive each time to th- at least think about changing up your uh, your loadout. Totally, and then there's, like, extra extra items you can equip. They're like, bonus health, or do more damage to enemies far away, or do more damage while your health is low, stuff like that. Yeah, because that's kind of the trap, at least I fell into with Bastion. It's like, oh, I found these two weapons that are per- the perfect combo. I can't mm-hmm. think of any other way to play this game. So like, yeah. you just kind of lock into them. But yeah, having something to pull you around by the, by the nose and be like, oh, wait, 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 check this out. Yeah, yeah, that sounds cool. And at least in the amount that I played, I haven't played it as recently, but I played a fair amount of it um, a few months, like several months ago. Um, the weapons are also compelling. I also had that problem with Bastion, but in the case of Hades, you want to play them all because they're all so good and so interesting. There isn't like it's it's harder to fall into just wanting to use one because like everyone run, I was like, well, this time I want to try this one because I did this yeah. one last time and I haven't played this one in a little bit because um, it's just. And- exquisitely designed yeah and you're gonna get different bonuses depending on the weapon or like different boons from the gods depending on the weapon you take so like yep. if you take uh a, like a bow and arrow some of the boons you'll get will be like do more damage to enemies that are far away from you or do more damage mm-hmm. to enemies that are close to you uh and like it, so it changes up your specials and things like that in different ways so it's you'll always have like a completely different run it, which yeah. is nice in cool. some ways it yeah, I don't know. It feels like they just like they played like Dead Cells and Rogue Legacy and were like, these are really cool. Um, we're going to make the best one of these now yeah. and we'll yeah. see you in a few years. That, that, sounds, <laughs> like, that sounds really compelling because I, I like so I like Rogue good. Legacy a lot. So I, I got to play through it, but 
Mm-hmm. I can't, at least from a gameplay perspective, I can't imagine a game coming out this year being better. It's like minute so to minute good. control. Yeah. Um, it cool. And yeah. So one of the cool things is you can upgrade your dash and so, and it depends on who you get. So if you get like a, a boon from Zeus, it might be when you dash, you'll strike a nearby enemy with lightning. Mm. If you're, if you get like Poseidon to give you a boon for your dash, it'll be when you dash, you create a, like a shock wave of water that sends enemies like flying up away from you. And then you can get like even upgrade that further. So when they hit like a wall, they create another shock wave. <laughs> and so it's just bouncing enemies all over and you can just do so much, like stack so many power ups that you're just doing ridiculous amounts of damage in ridiculous like combos and dashing all over nonstop and basically cool. just button mashing. And like, cool I mean, ways. to an extent, that almost kind of sounds like what Transistor brought to the table in that like you're combining different abilities and like getting yes. different effects out of them. So that's, yeah, that's, yeah. you're that's just awesome. doing it in real time. Yeah. Uh, so, and it's got like Dead Cells was very like, fast paced but there was kind of a like a sluggishness to it almost it was like an animation priority kind of stuff to it yeah and there's like none of that here no like you cancel out of attacks and like dash into attacks and all all sorts of stuff it's great sounds awesome it really feels like it has learned lessons from all of the games that they have made because it does have you know, it's foundationally, it feels kind of like Bastion if Bastion were a roguelite. But then, mm-hmm. um, like you said, like like it has some transistor in it with the way that certain weapons behave and the way the combat counter encounters are laid out. And then it has some um, uh, like pyre in it from the way the story is delivered is mm-hmm. very like it's all voice acted. Um, but it's also, you know, that kind of like two portraits talking to each other um, in, in the way a lot of that dialogue is conveyed. So, uh, it, yeah, it it has like elements of past games that they have made, and it feels like such a cohesive like all of the stuff. It, like if they said, I hope they don't say this, but if they said, we finished Hades, we're dropping the mic. This is our this is the the culmination <laughs> of our games. I would say it would. I would be like, you know, that kind of like make sense in a way because this really does combine all those things i of course hope they don't do that i don't expect that they'll do that i would like them to make another game after this but it definitely feels like a like sort of a um all of the puzzle pieces fitting together in a way that's even better than they have before because like we even talk about the music yeah. the music is just as you would expect darren, I mean, Corb. darren Corb's my favorite video game composer but the music is just like you get so amped up and it's so like, I get goosebumps when I start a run and it's and and, and the guitars kick in and stuff. Um, and so it's just so good cohesively, I think. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. Cause like I loved Bastion when it came out, um, but I really didn't like transistor or pyre, but the things I did like about transistor and pyre are exactly the parts you're talking about. So yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. why I'm like, this actually sounds pretty I think, great. I think you'll like it a lot. I think you should play it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So that's and, cool. I'm and, gonna, I'll pick it up after this. Yeah. And again, the art is just oh, incredible. Oh, yeah. yeah. I actually have it, but I haven't played it yet. So I'm going to yeah. definitely play it soon. It's, it's, yeah. I, I saw a clip from, um, I think it was one of the no clip, uh, documentary series they've been kind of 
semi remotely embedded <laughs> with with uh super giant but um uh greg Kasavin was kind of saying like gen z is perhaps oh, gen- one of not to gen take z away from anybody so else good. in the industry gen z is perhaps one of the best artists in the history of games Aaron <laughs> corb is one of the best composers in the history of games they just have like from a design perspective as a unit they're so smart um yeah and I'm my his name's escaping me. Their their voice actor lead, uh, uh, um, Logan, Logan, yeah, um, is is just a <laughs> spectacular, um, just force vocally for uh for 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 like conveying narrative and stuff like that. It's just mm-hmm. they're like a superstar team, and it shows. This is this is the game that all of their games have been very good, and I think I would totally respect anyone saying. I mean, I respect anybody saying any games are favorite, but if someone said, you know, Transistor is my favorite game, Pyre is my favorite game, Bastion is my favorite game, I totally mm-hmm. get that. Um, totally. This is just like them, like, like if someone said that they didn't like Hades, I would be like, oh, you just don't like action games, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Right, it's, it's it's from what it sounds like it, it sounds like it's taking a lot of all of the things that they've been kind of working yeah, towards and yeah. are pushing it to its biggest extreme yeah it, yeah i i i would almost in a year where um i've have a lot of very hotly anticipated games you know sam could put this on a spreadsheet i will be shocked if hades is not right at the top of that list um yeah for sure mm-hmm. that's yeah. super cool like i i have i have thought this could be my game of the year yeah like because it you know when it comes out later this year that's the plan at least uh like it's just it's so good. And it, yeah, I think I might even get it on Steam it as well. It's it epic. Just it, it, it can't be overstated. Gen Z is a fucking amazing artist. You should oh, look at yeah. you should go look at her like actual just straight up work. Like her art, you're talking like about her concept like art. Generation Z. <laughs> yeah, I for, for, <laughs> for, for a what? little bit. I was just like yeah, there's a lot of good artists in Gen Z, but <laughs> no, uh, Gen Z and Joanne Tron, Tran, or whatever. I can't remember. Those are the two that do the art for the most part. Yeah. And they're they're just the, amazing. Yeah, that, like I love the the transistor art. Is like that's my favorite part of that game. Uh, it's just oh the yeah. art is maybe one of my favorite game art things ever, probably. Uh, and yeah. this is right up there on that same level and it's like it's really like greek mythology is some of my favorite mythology stuff and seeing these versions of these characters at least imaginings is really neat and i think they just they do again it's like the the and i know i'm just kind of gushing at it but like you see like not to take away from um the way that assassin's creed has kind of done some mythological stuff recently or the way that uh, God of War did such a great job with Norse mythology or, you know, various different game studios have treated mythology differently over time. And it's all, and a lot of times it's pretty cool, but <laughs> this is just so like, it's so much, it's on such a different level in a lot of ways to me, the way they're portraying these characters is like, holy shit. You also made the best comic book that I've read maybe ever yeah. in this too. <laughs> Yeah. I, I would so love cool. to see like a Netflix animated show or just yeah, read a comic it, book with this art with these characters. It's 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 just it's like just shocking and like how the, good it is. The thing is, I could say that about almost any of their games. 
Because yeah. like like it's so cool how like that's one thing I will say, even though I did not like playing Transistor or Pyre, like something I really loved is just the world they set up, the characters yeah. they they had, like they just yeah. the visual design they always have. Like the they, they're just so everything. creative. And they never they never rest on their laurels. They're always coming up with new stuff. Like yeah. so they're yeah. Supergiant is a really unique team. Which is why I'm sure that I said like culmination of their games, whatever. I'm sure that the next thing they make, I'll say all of this over again. Right. Um, but 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 really, I mean, like Pyre was a game that I actually didn't finish um, because I thought it was really cool. I liked a lot of it, and I intend to go back and play it at some point. But I wasn't. I was enthralled by the lore, but not as enthralled by the way they delivered it. I think I, I'd be more I, receptive to it now. I didn't love um, the basketball. <laughs> in that part, I thought was fun, but it was hard to 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 get super excited about it for me. Um, yeah. But um, but but uh, this game I don't have those same reservations with, and I don't know if it's just because it's a genre that I already like or what. But mm-hmm. um, it, it, I definitely don't. There's no part of it where I'm like, "This is so amazing." There's just this one hang-up that I have. This is I, just like everything about it is perfect. I would be really interested in seeing, like, much like I would love to see Yoko Taro directing a Final Fantasy game. I would like an actual Final Fantasy, like numbered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I wonder, like, what kind of game I'd like the Super Giant team to do. Like, maybe like a Command and Conquer, because Greg worked on <laughs> old Command and Conquers. A Warcraft like, Four. So I actually think <laughs> if if I were if I got to pitch them a game for them to make that I wouldn't have any creative input on after pitching them the idea, I would totally pitch them um, a strategy game for sure. Uh, I think they yeah. could make a really interesting, fascinating, like. Maybe not like Command and Conquer, but uh, some kind of like a real time strategy game would be a really cool thing genre for them to take on. I think um, and do Trek. it in a super giant way where it's weird. Star uh, Trek Away Team Two. <laughs> I also, Halo I mean, Wars Three. <laughs> they've they've done the sort of dystopic post apocalypse fantasy post apocalypse. They've done the cyberpunk thing. They've done a a fantasy thing. They've done a mythology thing. I I would love to see them. Tackle sci-fi too. That would be awesome. That would be fun. Oh yeah. man, you're right. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so was, I mean, yes. I mean, I just think that they've proven themselves so much that I'm like, whatever you guys Beyond. want, it'll be good. Oh yeah. They have nothing yeah. left to prove. They're just great. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's like it's it's not like hmm. I think they could be like they could be really good doing this. I'm like I kind of assume that whatever game they do next will be good. And the clip, yeah. that clip from that no clip documentary was really cool where um, Greg was basically saying like none of the games that they've made are games that he would have himself made or chosen mm-hmm. to make. And that that's true for Amir and that that's true for Jen and that's true for Darren and Logan, that they're all if if any of them had full creative control over any of those projects, none of them would have been what they became. Mm-hmm. But as a team they're so dialed in and so like they work so well together that they make, they somehow make these things that none of them could have imagined making on their own. Oh yeah. Which is, is totally. I think I, I don't want to say it's unique cause I know there, I'm sure there are other studios that are like that, but it's such a different thing than, you know, and when you sit down not to pick on Ubisoft, but like, when you say we're going to make a new far cry, it's like, okay, where's the setting going to be? And, and, and I'm sure that like 
those games sell, make a lot of money and they're fun to play, but it's so different <laughs> than this, this system that they have at Supergiant where they just like, they somehow forge these wild ideas out of a group of opinions and creative brains that, that no on their own, nobody would necessarily bring a thing, that thing to the table. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Interestingly, you can see that from 10 years ago. Like if you yeah, look yeah. at the Building the Bastion series, which I think is still up, which is on Giant yeah, Bomb, so. and that was basically kind of like the Noclip documentary, them cataloging and like going through Very at, similar, at, yeah. as they were making Bastion, like when they were first starting with that team. And you still see that kind of that feeling. So that's I think a that series building, worth watching. Building the Bastion was like the, 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 Inspiration for the Noclip series around Hades yeah. because that's how they did it too. They gave them the cameras. Danny sent them the cameras, and then they do the documentation themselves, and then Danny just edits it. So, um, yeah, it's it's very similar to that series, and both are really really good. Um, cool. And also, I mean, you know, it, one of the nice things about Supergiant is all those people fucking rule as human beings too. Oh yes, from from everything <laughs> I know about them. So. Uh, you can feel good about watching documentaries about them because they all rock. Uh, so yeah, I recommend the uh, their PAX panel that they did with Danny um, from the last the last physical PAX PAX twenty nineteen because they talked about like their history the and some ever. of their early stuff and like the very early days when it was like Amir and uh, I think it was Greg Amir and Jen working out of. Amir's dad's house. <laughs> I think it was Amir's dad's house. And they just like, they lived and they had their, their office in the living room. And then they all just lived there. Wow. <laughs> so they were like, I don't remember if Jen lived there or not, but yeah, it was a really interesting story. Um, and uh, so that PAX panel is really cool. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our game talk this week. I've missed it. I have been playing Yakuza Kiwami uh, 1. Uh, that game's real fucking good. I'm but. still playing hundreds of hours of Ark. That game is <laughs> not as good as Yakuza, but also <laughs> really intriguing. I fun. spent like three hours playing Pocket Circuit Racer. Hell yeah. I've been watching. In, in Yakuza. I've been watching The Legend of the Galactic Heroes Guide End, the side story. Oh, God. <laughs> I continue to watch Prison Break. Uh, I'm watching Avatar The Last Airbender for the first time. Fuck yes. I didn't know you were nice. doing that. Where are oh, you? Oh yeah. I'm in the middle of season two. Oh hell I, yeah. I, I never make it past like the boomy. That's, that's as far have, as I ever get. I love that show. I have I have a a thing that I'm gonna get attacked for. It's good we don't have a bigger Twitter following. Oh no. I think Avatar is overrated, which is not to say it's not fantastic. It's really, really good. It is extremely good. I love that show too. And I think, you know, it's great. Some of the fandom around it to is goes to an extreme that I think is a little I I think that they hype it to an extent (laughs) that no show could ever That's what I'm getting at. Yes. It is You're telling me that people on the internet are overstating something's worth. I know, I know, like, not even on the internet, I know probably five to ten people who would say Avatar is the greatest 
like human creation of all time. And That's it's like a bit much. A little, I'm maybe exactly. It's really good, bit, but, but but it's very good. Yeah, and like for a 15 year old show, like he was doing some stuff that like. Oh hell yeah! No, yeah nothing else yeah. was doing at that time, and that's cool. Uh, it also um, they're doing a a smite battle pass right now with uh, Avatar characters, huh. so you can you can skin your Merlin to be like Ong and stuff. Wow, which is pretty fun. Uh, you can play as Tusano, but but make him look like Zuko. Uh, yeah, kind of rad. It's, it's kind of it's it's pretty cool. Uh, a hot take, Toph is the best character at the end. Oh, no, that's not a hot take. It's just true. <laughs> Everyone agrees with it. Yeah, with Toph that. is awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to your thoughts on the end because I think the last few episodes are like, like historically, I think that a lot of animated shows end poorly, but I think Avatar ends perfectly. No, yeah, that's good. And that's what I've heard is that like I, watching, like I've been watching it with my sibling who who's seen the entire show uh, at least, I think multiple times, like, like they know the show very, very well. Um, so they're like, yeah, season one is good, but it definitely is is one of those shows that ramps up as it keeps yeah. going. And that like a lot of the early episodes, you're like, oh, this is cute. But like it's yeah. it, but then like you start getting to more of the implications and you start like getting more of serious. the character growth. And it's like that's when it's like. Yeah. really yeah. kicks into it, high gear. It, it starts very much as a kid show and then ends up with some moral ambiguity. <laughs> And it kind of grows. I remember feeling like I it, it it came out at a perfect time for me to watch it as a kid show, and then to kind of grow with it a little bit and mm-hmm. and, sure. and grow into that. So I think they they nailed that that sort of arc um, in a way similar to stuff like the Clone Wars series. I think um, I would also say another hot take of mine: Avatar: Last Airbender is fantastic. I think the Legend of Korra might actually be better though. Doesn't the okay, that is a legit hot take from what I know. Absolutely suck. The, like the, the, end, the, the end of Korra so I isn't just absolutely I, abysmal. I haven't seen the end, but I have seen I most of it, and it's really good. I can I can go ask my sibling for opinions because I know they have strong opinions. I know it, at the end they're in lesbians together, but yeah. yeah. I don't know anything about I think I haven't seen much of the fandom. I, there was, I kind of avoid that stuff, I, so I don't know. I think I, I have friends who really enjoy uh, Avatar and Korra, and I believe that there was something weird with, like, they kind of, like, cut it short on, like, the third season or something, and then they're like, oh, here's the, the final season is online only, oh, okay. and it got, like, yeah, it was screwed weird. over in some weird way. Yeah, oh, I've seen the first two seasons, I same, think, and I thought they were... That's all I saw. I thought they were... Uh, really, yeah. really fantastic. But, it, but in terms of queer representation, the Legend of Korra walked so she rock could run is what I'm going to say. Boom. Yes. Uh, I I do think we would be remiss if we did not mention that Aaron. It, I don't know how to say this guy's name. He was the head writer and oh yeah, the yeah that's producer is uh, has been accused of sexism i guess uh like just, just general uh, like also very like office sexist behavior at, at yeah. His, yeah at his yeah. office and just being yep. a general shithead yep yeah and treating people poorly who work for him so so uh my my recommendation is to watch shira <laughs> no no but this this, this yeah, show is good sure. so far but yeah but yeah you know, we we talk about that with other stuff. So figure, hey, it's important to bring that up. No, it's, I think it's no, important. Yeah, you, and that that I 
forgot to bring that up and it isn't. And, and and every time I watch an episode and I see his name show up in the credits, I do have like this visceral like, oh, it's you about mm-hmm. it. So. Mm-hmm. Well, if it isn't the news. <laughs> Damn. Hello. It's me. Is it is it me you're looking? Is it the news you're looking for? I don't know. What am I saying? <laughs> Who are you people? Where am I? Hi, Andre. Uh, gobble, gobble. It's going to make sense to no one. It's going to make sense to no one but the people on this call. <laughs> his, his face rig is now a turkey. And yeah. also, just like t- as, as other context, he's been play, playing the what looks like the entirety of uh, Good Burger it's in the background. It's just 10 minutes. Just 10 minutes oh, just of 10 Good minutes? Burger. Okay. Only 10 minutes of Good Burger. Plus, uh, now he's a turkey. So, oh, he, and yeah. it should be noted, he's been a turkey for probably forty-five minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he was he now. was, but he was a frog in the past, and then he was like, I was like, I was a creepy cupid, old, creepy yeah. cupid, yeah, old, old creepy cupid. Yeah, it was like a, a cape, a, a J-pop lady. I don't know. Yeah. Speaking you of know, creepy, don't speaking. Of, um, um, I don't know which one to go for with that. Speaking of creepy, Sony's creeping into bed with Epic and investing $250 million into the company. Yeah. It's interesting. It. I don't it's know. Smart move. I don't. Mm, I think it is a smart move. Um, Epic is not a, tr- a publicly traded company, right? No. Tim Sweeney is like the is the majority share. Yeah, majority shareholder. Tencent yeah. has a, has a little bit. Uh, yeah, Sony now got a little bit. And now Sony yeah. Sony has come out and said that this does not mean that for their PC initiative that they're going exclusive to Epic Game Store. Like they've come out and said I don't that, believe which that. is I'm, I mean, <laughs> well, the first game that they're even really putting out is on Steam, so yeah. No, I know, but I don't believe that that's gonna be the way it is forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah just, this is a lot of money to put into Epic for it yeah. to like for them to be like, mm, we don't really care about Epic's long term success. Like, I, I'm just curious what Sony gets out of it because I mean, Epic has been like Epic is incredibly profitable get, right now. They probably get like, hey, if you want to show your game running on Unreal Five and it's multi platform. You show it on the PS5. Well, they also, or something. I, think, I think more importantly yes. than that, they get a seat at the table in terms of yeah. Epic's long, like Epic's business decisions. Mm-hmm. So they get some involvement in um, the future of things like Fortnite. And like they get to have some say in decisions that are made around that game. And like they say things about platform exclusivity. But this means that they can potentially find ways to make the PlayStation the best place to play Fortnite, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I think that they get that kind of stuff long term, um, yeah. where they they have uh, an ability to influence the direction that Epic takes with different things. And I think, frankly, for them, having an investment in the company that makes Unreal is probably valuable because it gives them the ability to their their developers up in a way with the actual engine developers yeah that's a good point is um meaningful uh so 
Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. I I, I think I don't think that they're going yeah. to jump to only releasing games on the Epic Store, but I do think eventually it, it makes sense for Sony if they're reading the tea leaves appropriately. I think if you look at Microsoft's success with Game Pass, I think my feeling is without I don't see a ton of numbers on it, but my feeling is a large part of that success and their improved public image comes from the fact that you can get their games on PC and that there is a PC game pass. And so Mm -hmm. I don't think that that means that every Sony exclusive is going to come to PC within the next two or three years, but I think it makes sense for them to look at it and say, well, maybe, you know, we said this last time, but maybe there won't be a PS six. And what does that stable of first party studios look like without a, a console? And so this feels like a long-term investment to me of right. If they're yeah. going to help guide that service and that That's store. Totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I could see, I was thinking of it like, what does Sony get out of this from a business, a business business perspective? Um, but if you're thinking about it from an architectural way in a long view, that can make sense, especially if we're looking at PS6 territory and like Sony has some kind of uh, fortune fortune telling, you know, crystal ball look into Epic's future and are like, "Oh, Epic is going to be the next streaming platform." And like they can right. kind of consolidate their engineers from PS Now, from Gaikai into that and they can make some kind of super service. Totally. And I think at the end of the day too, I mean, they're going to make some totally. money out of it. Um and 250 million is not an insignificant amount of money to a company like Sony, but it's mm-hmm. also not it's not in, it's not gross. It's not insane. It's, it's yeah. not like what are you doing? There, You're breaking the bank this way. There was like, something I saw going around the other day where Sony is the most cash rich Japanese company at the moment. That's interesting. That so makes sense. I, mean, I think I they've, they've got money to they've got money to spend. That's really interesting because for a long time they weren't. <laughs> yeah, it's like the only part of Sony that was doing well was the gaming division. Yeah, uh, but Kazurai he. he he ridge raced his way to the top. Yeah, I mean they've awesome. they've had so many improvements with a lot of their other um, <laughs> vanquish the giant enemy crab. <laughs> um, and and I think I think <laughs> to some extent, like it just makes sense for them to have an investment into a PC platform in some way. If you think about it, Microsoft is is the PC platform really. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's true. Like it, it uh, Microsoft is kind of bad at it. Like uh, just like not not like Xbox, but like I don't know. Windows is kind of a mess. I don't uh, know. I mean, from the interface, it, it updates, not like, up, updates and things, and yeah, so, yeah, you know, that's computer stuff. Open PlayStation, OpenGL is good. I don't yeah, know, you download download a Windows update and it bricks your computer. I guess that happens. I guess I've never occasionally, but that never has happened to me. So mm-hmm. it, so just, those issues yeah. all kind of look like. Yeah, I guess to, all hardware, all software. Yeah, it's all, it's all a mess. It's to all be mess. fair, I'm not, you know, I play on PC a lot. I'm not saying like, oh, PC yeah, yeah. is bad. It's just to be fair, Windows is a mess. Sony has released things that have bricked PS4s, so yeah, and PS3s yeah. for that and, matter. And and so. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Apple Apple is also a mess, and yeah, Linux Technology's is hard. only not a mess if you know how to use Linux in a way that isn't messy. Even then it's still to most mess. people it looks like a mess. So computers are kind of a mess in some Linux ways. is super stable, but it's no one supports it. And Linux what I'm getting at more is like the, the user experience in Linux is a mess. It's not a mess if you know how to use it and if you're literate in it. 
But if you if you hand Linux to someone who doesn't really know what they're doing, it's yeah. definitely we like, can have a long talk about this. But I'm gonna say let's move on because <laughs> yeah. like Ubuntu is crazy. Twenty one year of the Linux test. Linux I guess test what talk. I'm trying to say is if I booted up Linux right now, I wouldn't know what to do. And if, I you know that's up, true. if you booted up Ubuntu, you'd be like, oh, this looks like Mac, but also kind of Windows. Well, yeah, sure. There are distributions for sure that are that are more intuitive. But, sure, um, but if you just started up Debian, and we're just like, what? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You get a, get a uh, Pop OS because I'm a gamer. <laughs> and in any case, it doesn't matter because you can't really play games on it. So <laughs> I've got some YouTube videos for you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Whatever. That's a mess. That is the definition of a mess. It, it is. Anyways, it'll uh, be cool to see what happens with Sony and Epic. The window. Yes. The Windows yeah. Store is a fucking like. God damn it, the Windows Store. <laughs> oh, yeah, it sucks, I think, but it's not good. I think you have a unique hatred for it based on specific uh, use cases I, I <laughs> utilize. I'm so even outside of that, like try sometimes like it just things just won't install. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why aren't you installing? Too. And then you have to set Why your CPU you priority to high. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now I've be- got this new CPU, so it's not an issue, but <laughs> I think because I've had such unique, awful experiences with the Epic Game Store, I'm kinda like Eh, they both suck. Steam is I've, good. I've <laughs> never had issues with the Epic Game Store. I like. I think there are like bad design things which have kind of improved a bit. Like I think no. the filtering is not great, but yeah. I but think my point the is, the Windows Store is fundamentally flawed. But my point is, I've never had issues with the Windows Store. So I'm just saying, yeah, I think we both I don't know had how, unique yeah. experiences because I don't know how anyone could not have issues with Epic. Too. I don't know how anyone doesn't have issues with the Windows Store. It's and I respect that. I I, I just but, I, I'm bloating it up now, and I just hate looking at it. You, but you know <laughs> what? Ugly. Maybe there's an event on July 23rd where they're going to announce some changes to the Windows Store. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what event you might be talking about. Uh. Yeah, so yeah, we want to talk about Xbox. Uh, July 23rd is going to be, is it an inside Xbox? Is that what it is? Or is it a different thing? They're going to showcase first party and like more Xbox One Series X, Xbox Series X stuff. And like show new games. Halo is going to be there. Uh, The the more I think about it, the more I don't think there's a way they can make me interested in Halo. If I it's, really, I, I yeah, those no, words, I don't. But I because I yeah. What if it's Halo, but set in nineteen forties New York? What does that look like? I don't Master know, but Chief. I kind of want to play that. <laughs> Master Chief in New York. Mafia Definitive Edition, exactly. <laughs> but with Master Chief and Nolan North still. I'm sure you could. Mm, I'm chiefing over here. Jesus Christ! Again, um, I'd play it. Uh, no, you Master know, I think Chief it, with a New York accent. I think if it turned out that the new Halo was just the original Prey Two, that would be the thing that could get me interested in it. I, I, yeah, I, I really don't know what that game's gonna be. I. I said this on Twitter because Sam was asking, "What would it take to get you people excited about a new the new Xbox?" And like, I, I can't recapture what made Halo special for me because that was, you know, all night LAN parties at my friend's house with like twelve to sixteen people uh, playing like custom Forge map stuff. That yeah. that was what made Halo great. 
And yeah. like, you know, I had fun playing co-op, but I did that once. And then I was like, okay, yeah, we're done with that. I now let's kill each other in co-op or like, in multiplayer. The, the Halo experience, in my opinion, like I don't, I, I'm not really into Halo. Um, mm-hmm. I've played some of it. It never really stuck with me, but it seemed like the college dorm game. Like it's the game that you would play co-op with your buddy. You'd invite him over and or him or her over and play through yeah. it. And then you would sit around and play like Blood Gulch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that from a single player perspective, from a campaign perspective, or you know, co-op, whatever, the thing that I originally was like, well, it needs to be service gamey and you need to be able to, it needs to have like some kind of like progression mechanic. And I'm starting to think maybe more what I would be interested in seeing is a game that is like the promise of a Far Cry, but not the way that Far Cry is now, like the promise of Far Cry 2, but done really, really well on a huge scale of like, mm. you have a huge, the whole game takes place on one contiguous wide open map. And you have malaria. And, <laughs> well, space and, malaria. And and you have to move around that map using different tools and different weapons and stuff. And it's not necessarily... um an open world game in the sense of having a bunch of checkboxes to check off, but it's a, a huge open space that feels contiguous in a way that the old games kind of did, but um, really kind of realizes that concept. I think I, that could be I, like, if it's, if it's like the kind of thing where you're on a, you're on a ring world, you're on a halo again, and you can look up and you could actually walk across the whole thing to get to mm-hmm. the thing on the other side. That so, you can see above you. That why did the Master really Chief cross the Halo? <laughs> yeah. The side. So you basically want like a mix between No Man's Sky and Just Cause Two. Sort of. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, really. Oh, I think, like, oh my god. I, I, think, I want that. I, think I, if I you would one hundred percent play that. I think if you could grab like a banshee and fl- those are the flying things. I think. Yeah. And like fly it across the ring up that would be like super fucking cool um and uh and and if like you could if, grappling hook to a propane tank and shoot what? the top off and then ride <laughs> that to the other side and tether it um, to like 20 people behind you uh You're just 20 grunts tethered to a propane tank that <laughs> shoots into the air it's shooting up confetti. and they all explode in confetti yeah. yeah but yeah i think i think that could if it's the kind of thing where it's like Okay, chief, we got the coordinates. We need to go here. But instead of it being like, then you get cut a cutscene. Scene. It's like, no, then you go there, and along the way, it's it's really interesting kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, I can't believe you pitched Halo Infinite as Far Cry Two esque. <laughs> Far Cry Two's better than most Halo games. Oh, I, I'm not. I'm yeah. just. I I did not. That is not where I expected that to ever go. <laughs> Get like that, that fire is, tech in it. Burn down the whole yeah. ring world. I am truly I am truly a uh Idle Thumbs devotee. That is uh yeah. Um Oh, that reminds me of something I was going to send Alex at the beginning of the podcast, but I got sidetracked oh, no. anyway. All right. Uh, we'll get there. But either yeah. way, I don't uh, uh, back to the question of what would make you interested in an Xbox. Uh, like Fable of, baby, Fable yeah. 4. Yeah. But the the thing is I don't think there's anything yet which has made me think I need to buy that box cuz I have a PC. Uh, yeah. Nothing will make me buy an Xbox. Cuz like 
unless they're like, we'll give you a million dollars to buy an Xbox. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like anything I'm, less, I'll be like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Like I'm anticipating building a pretty beefy PC in the next six months. And I, there's nothing that would come to the Xbox uh, Series X, like the physical box that yeah. I probably wouldn't be able to do with that PC. Yeah. So, like, I just don't see a reason to get it. But I think that's also. Microsoft knows that because they're focusing so much on yeah. services this gen. Yeah, like they've between, got to. I mean, like between Game Pass and uh, uh, X Cloud and all that kind of stuff. That I think, yeah, they're they don't they're probably fine with it. They're not. <laughs> they don't care. Trying to force you to buy an Xbox. Yeah. I think so. the the thing that could happen the next um, it and the problem is going to be shit like Epic exclusivity, unfortunately, but. I think I could imagine a, a a world where my computers my I'm ready to like do a build like ready to upgrade a processor like I just bought a video card but I'm ready to like I need a new motherboard need a new processor DDR five power unit or power supply unit um and like maybe even like oh my case is really old so I look at you know a two thousand dollar build or something that's extremely high end but I have a fairly high-end computer now um if we we ever hit a point where it's like or i could get a pretty comparable experience by putting an xbox on my desk and plugging a mouse and keyboard in and i could still plug in like a hotas or something to it to be able to play microsoft flight simulator like that's when I think the whole Xbox idea, if if it starts to really lean in the direction of this is a high powered gaming PC and it's in this box, but we just call it an Xbox. Um, I could see that being a compelling option the next time I look to like a steam upgrade. machine. Basically. Yes. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm describing. Yeah. Um, but, I but I don't know sense. if that's, I think the only way that that works is if it ends up just fully running Windows as an option. Like you can run the Xbox, yeah. or you can boot to Windows. Yeah, well, especially um, with um, how many resources are are out there for building a gaming PC. Oh, tons like if at this you, point. Yeah, if, if if you saw that and they're like, oh, this is basically a gaming PC in a box, but it didn't run Windows, then like honestly, yeah, well, what would the point even totally. really be? That's kind of what it is, though. Right now, it is that. To, yeah. to right now, right. yeah. Like yeah, for me, like um, yeah, that sounds compelling. But also, like I'm doing so many other things with my PC that yeah, you, like, you uh, I can't rely on outside. Yeah, you, yeah, you're you're not solely gaming on your PC. Exactly. I am at a point where if a box like that ran Windows and I could get really solid, and it was like a really solid gaming PC in a small box like that for a good amount of money that it, that lets me do all that stuff, then that's that's fine with me. Um, yeah, that's kind it. of all I need at this point. Get a um, Corsair One. Yeah, I just so, tend so to expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is it's a cost thing because because I guess yeah. what I'm getting at is like the kind of power that it sounds like the Series X is supposed to pump out, and the assumption that it's not going to cost more than five or six hundred dollars because it can't. There's no way. In fact, it sounds like it's on the pretty low end of that scale and probably below those numbers. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you can play the new halo in 4k on that thing and it runs at a decent frame rate that's a strong machine for an affordable price so if they could just go yeah. the extra the extra few steps you know that might be more compelling to me than spending 
dollars $2,000 on a new gaming computer. Yeah, and to clarify, like if I was not going to be building a new beefy PC, then I could see totally see like yeah, having yeah. a dedicated yeah. like and gaming machine, which is an Xbox. The thing we talk about is that they're fine with that. They don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they would like for you to have a Game Pass subscription. That is the thing they want you to do <laughs> is either buy their software or get a Game Pass subscription. That I've got this true. subscription that I'm not even using because I'm not even playing any of the games on there. I still need to finish Ori, but I just yeah, I, I, like I, I recent, rarely play anything on there. I recently canceled mine until. Uh, Stuff comes out that I care about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what what would be something you'd care about uh, from them? Like any like current like existing IP or like a style of like a style Forza of game that you'd Horizon? like to see something. Uh-huh. Probably okay. the I next think Forza, Forza Eight is it Forza Eight or Forza Nine next? Because it, it'll be a regular remember. motorsport next. I think would be eight. Right? I think because the last one was one. seven. Yeah, I think it would be eight. Mm. Yeah, uh, I don't I mean, even. For me, know. it's it's Fable, like Fable Four. It's not Lionhead, but like I just I want to see. I'd like to see them kind of return more to like the Fable One style of thing. Like you obviously do a more modern take on it, but like that kind of um, like humor and style and attitude. I mean, they I have multiple yeah. studios that I think could knock a Fable game out of the park at this well, point. Well, supposedly it's Playground, so. Oh, yeah. Sure. Playground could yeah. be good. And they they yeah. were, that's that's the rumor, they like staffed up uh, to do like an RPG, <laughs> yep. sounded like. And no, that'd be, I'd so be super excited for a new Fable. I think though, to me, the most exciting thing is they've been building um, experiences that are different scopes like part of the initiative for a lot of this comes from um josh sawyer who's one of the the leads at obsidian um and he talks about this a little bit on his streams um but like part of the point of part of them buying up the wide range of studios that they did was to provide lots of different scales of experience and mm-hmm. so you're gonna get mm-hmm. a fable that is this huge that's that'll probably be a huge rpg but then you can also get like smaller, more, you know, bite sized, you finish it in an afternoon kind of things. Or um, compads. Yeah. And so it sounds like what I'm excited for is to hear, to see more of those smaller experiences because it sounds like what they want to do. Like Game Pass is a great service in terms of the amount of games they bring to it. But, on, but the thing is, is that there's not that many Microsoft game releases. So it's like you only get a new big thing every three or four months to play that is like, one of their first party games. And it sounds like what they want to do is make it so that actually every month there's something to play. Some months it might be yeah. a crackdown three and some months it might be a fable and some months it might be an Ori, but like there's a more, there's a wider range of experiences mm-hmm. available. So I'm excited to see more of that. Cause I think it would be awesome to have like, Oh, this is the new, the new game pass game, the new Microsoft game. I'm going to check it out for this weekend kind I, of thing. I think thinking more about it, um, the thing that would make me interested to resubscribe and re-up is if like they really, really court the third-party developers for yeah. Game Pass. Like they have started, like you have all the Final Fantasies and stuff coming there, and I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if they did it where oh now all of the Persona games are on there, I'd be like hell yeah, or you know like similar stuff, just where they're getting the third parties into that, and it's just like yeah, this this is kind of like the Apple Arcade of. Um, 
like like Apple Arcade has done some cool stuff. They haven't really done much with third parties, but yeah, they're constantly adding stuff. And sometimes you're like, oh, I'm just gonna try this just to see what it is, like you would at a blockbuster video. <laughs> um, yeah, and like it's kind yeah. of been that since the start. Like they've had it a has. lot of it. Um, the thing for me that is a struggle with that stuff is those games come and go. Exactly. So like there was a period yeah. where Devil May Cry Five was on the service, and I was like, I think it was DMC Five was on the service, and I was yeah. like. Oh, I'm gonna. I gotta play that. I, I want to play that game. I need to play it. And I never got around to it. And then it was gone. And yeah. if I had, if I had played halfway through it, and then it left, and it was like, well, fuck. Now I can either spend 50, forty, fifty, whatever the price would have been at the time, dollars to keep playing it and play the second half because I was a doofus and didn't finish it before it left, or I can just say, well, whatever. That yeah, part the of second it, half isn't great. Well, either way, the that part of the 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 service, the third party thing, kind of is. It's why I'm wary of actually like spending time with third party games mm-hmm. there. Yeah, yeah um, and yeah, I agree. How about you, Alison? What's some, what's something they could bring to Game Pass that would just make you go hell yeah? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Viva Pinata. Hmm. I oh, mean, yeah. honestly, if that's they did bad. like a lot of uh, kind of retro titles. And indie titles like it's um, I'm not as interested in a lot of the um, kind of big titles that they have on Game Pass like they're like I'm not not interested, but it hasn't been enough for me to go. Wow, I should really get an Xbox or I should really, you know, um, commit to getting a better PC to be able to handle it. But um, Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door exclusively on Xbox Game Pass. No, the, so, and also the next play dead game. We need, we need to say, Viva Pinata is on Game Pass because it's part of the Rare Replay collection. That's the new Viva Pinata. New. That's what I meant. New oh, Viva oh, Pinata. Okay. And it's just like four bugs. Like, like, what I was just talking about. Bug snacks. Bug snacks is now a Game Pass exclusive. That time to buy a, a, an Xbox Series. Uh, if X I was Sony, case. I'd be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> If I was but Sony, if that was I'd the, the case, I'd be like, by two hundred fifty million dollars. <laughs> like honestly, if, if it was like bug snacks, is like that's that's enough to make me I, almost spend, buy that PlayStation Five outright. Is like, all right, here's buy, let's buy this five hundred dollar box so that I can play. It's not exclusive bug though, snacks. so you're you're lucky yeah. there. But uh, I think bug snacks is fixing to be the next Untitled Goose game, just with the zeitgeist. We'll see. But, so many uh, puns. Yep. I, I think it has that potential. Um, potential. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um. That'll do it for me. I'm gonna leave the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of potential, uh, the Magnum era continues. Uh, we now know what Andy Magnumera is doing. He mm-hmm. is gone to EA to be their communications director. Yep. And like communications and strategy director, something like that. I don't know. Uh, that makes sense. Go from editor in chief of the, one of the longest running institutions in games journalism to doing the communications for a big game developer. That makes perfect sense. Uh, this There's, is this. It's sorry. weird. No, go for it, Pat. This is one of those moves that's like, I need to be very clear. No media person owes you anything and they should do with their career what is the best move for them and mm. you know their families if they if they have a family um 
So this is in no way meant as like picking on Andy or anything. I'm sure that I would consider the same move if it was, if it made sense. This is one of those moves where I'm like, okay, see ya. Where it's kind of like, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, he's not really going to be. <laughs> yeah. Bye dude. Front, like front facing. Um, and, and that's fine for him. I mean, it's great for his career if it's, if it's a, if it's an upward move, but it's also kind of like, yeah, it makes sense. And it's in some ways, I'm glad that like, I've always respected him a lot, but I'm glad that I wasn't. Like if Jeff Gersman left Giant Bomb to go be the communications director at EA, EA I'd be bummed. We'll say, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that would suck. Um, like, so, for but me, it's good for him. I mean, for sure. Yeah, for me, it kind of has the same weight of when Reggie moved to the board of directors or whatever for GameStop, and it's like, uh, yeah, well, like, this, this well, is a it's a someone I I respect and who I think could steer a ship uh you know a potentially sinking ship the right way but I don't know if they will be able to like I would yeah. hope that Andy McNamara can kind of make some changes to EA for the positive well, I think the the thing that is really kind of comes across is you can't retire from games journalism right like yeah like you can leave games journalism but it's not like a thing you do until you're 65 or 70 whenever you can retire it's Something you do for a while, and then you totally. get out because yeah. it's yeah. not and going I mean, to support he, and, your yeah. later yes. years. And doing it for a while, he's been a game informer. Her, he was a game informer forever. Oh, but at the same years, time, yeah. like, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's not. It, it's something that's really you know, he he was basically like as high up as you could probably get in games journalism. I'm, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was I'm a tra- game informer longer than I have been alive than I have been yeah. alive. <laughs> like Yeah, and it's like I don't know if there's anywhere like really any place he could really go in games totally. journalism that wouldn't be like a lateral oh. move. Yeah, yes. But yes. He uh, and it, he had been there so long. That's that's uncharacteristic for like America, like American jobs in general, like Yep. Most like these days, most people like move around, jump companies. He was there for 29 years. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And I, I, like I said, I super, super, super respect. And, and I, for, for what it's worth, he also was a little more tempered about like how he talked about his new opportunity and where he was going. Sometimes, sometimes people leave an outlet and they're like, um, you know, oh, I'm I'm so excited. You're going to be hearing a lot more from me, and don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. I may be leaving this outlet, but I'm I'm my next move is is going to be awesome. And then it's like, you know, they go to engineer a podcast for the WWE, <laughs> like, or which is who like, are you talking about there? I don't know. <laughs> which is like, that's, I mean, it's pretty ambiguous, but awesome the, for that person. I'm not yeah. I'm not actually trying to show, throw shade at Dan Riker. Like, it's yeah. great for him that he gets right. to go and do that, but. To be clear, your relationship with the fan base that you've built is different now. It is not the same thing. You are not now on shows now. Multiple they give you money week. directly on Twitch, right? And 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 I <laughs> well, think yeah. that to be clear, that, I think I think that you would also agree with this that games journalists don't necessarily owe their, owe their fan base. No, not anything, at all. But at the same time, like it is nice if you could kind of temper expectations and yes, be like, "That's what I'm hey, saying." Hey, FYI, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's yeah. Don't but, don't like hype your people up. It's like, oh yeah, this is going to be like the best move for all of us. When yeah, yeah, I mean, all that matters is the best move for you. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's like, yeah, it seems like there's one of two ways they go. It's that way that you're talking about, where they end up somewhere else and in the background, and you never hear from them again, or Patreon. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or like, I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little bit spoiled because my favorite people in video games uh sort of not truly lost, but sort of either moved or whatever from their outlets. Um in and I'm kind of talking about like uh Patrick Klepek and Austin Walker and Rob sure. Zachney and Daniel Riendo, and then they ended up making a thing that was all them. <laughs> uh yeah. so so sometimes you get the dream team scenarios where like people coalesce into something amazing too whether it's at an outlet or, or on Patreon. Um, but, uh, but, yeah. and that's all I, that's definitely what I'm sort of talking about too. Allison is like, it's just a, it's okay. If it's like, this is an exciting thing for me and y'all need to deal with that. Um, like, like I think Heather Alexandra was, did such a great job of tempering it when she was leaving uh, Kotaku um, of saying like, Hey, You'll hear from me from time to time. I'm not leaving games, but I'm leaving games media and I'm super, super excited about my next move. And then she went to Double Fine, which is like an incredible fit. And it's and it felt like it was a really feel good transition all around. I felt like. Um, Yeah, I I think there's ways to do it, even if you're leaving games media and it's like, yeah, you're not going to hear as much from me. But, you know, share how excited you are as well. Yeah, I think the reason that the Dan thing comes to mind. And again, I like Dan a lot, so I'm not I'm not trying to pick on him. But the reason the Dan thing comes to mind is. Like even as someone who has my interest in wrestling wanes more and more every year, but when it there was, it felt like there was like this is so you know follow me, come listen to my podcast at WWE. I'm not gonna fucking do that. No, he's just <laughs> producing too. Like oh yeah, no, and I'm not, I like the new day and stuff, but I'm not gonna listen to that podcast. Like I'm really happy for him to get to do a thing that he's super passionate about and that he loves. But there's definitely a like no, this is that's not really how. This is gonna yeah, go. No. Yeah, like think. I'm happy that he's doing some something that he loves, but at the same time, I personally have even much less in, interest in yeah. wrestling than you do, and so I'm just like, mm, I I don't even know where to start yeah. with that. So, yeah. well, hopefully the Magnamera goes well at EA. Yes. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he makes some better choices as. D- director of strategy or whatever his title is because their communications have been questionable yeah ea's communications like they need all the help they can get to be honest do you remember remember the battlefield onesie don't even (laughs) do you remember the part where they put out a gif of someone riding a horse and a person behind them with a flamethrower shooting it and like it was like ha 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 so funny and it's like actually like flamethrowers melt people's entire bodies and were used in that war to horrific effect. And you're supposed to be taking the subject matter seriously. Yeah. They've EA's done some pretty questionable uh, stuff. Yeah. And, and like, uh, again, like you have all the like negative perception of EA by pretty much everybody. So there's really no, like he's got his work cut out for him. Yeah. I think they're getting better. Like that, regardless of how nothing of a presentation EA play was the video package around the Sims was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and I'm someone who is well-documented is finding that stuff sometimes to be kind of pandery. And I thought that that was a really, really great video. Um, they generally, like, I think Greg Miller is a really personable guy. And so it was generally like a, a pretty appealing, like him delivering a lot of that messaging was appealing, even if the messaging was kind of boring. Um, so I think in a lot of their stuff around like apex and respawn has been pretty positive from a messaging perspective. So I do think that they're improving 
And they did learn from the Battlefield 1 garbage with Battlefield 5. They kept that messaging and marketing very respectful and like yeah. aware of their subject matter. Um, so I think they're getting better, but also um, as a general communication strategy, they could there's, there's still a lot of room for their for them to improve. And also for them to improve in ways of like they announced a Star Wars game that you can play with a Hotas and sit in the cockpit in VR. And I now am barely excited for it because of all of the stuff they've said about it since announcing it, which is like, when it's, how that do should you be fuck like, that up? Yeah. Especially for Pat, <laughs> like that should be like your dream game. Yeah. How do you fuck that up? I'm still going to play it and I'm still excited. Well, about right. It, but it's yeah. Like, but like just in terms of not even necessarily in like, they've done super bad messaging. It's more just like, they just could be better because it's either eh or bad. Uh, well, you can now direct all requests for Skate 5 to Andy McNamara. I don't, I don't have to remember uh, that. Speaking of questionable messaging, there was a Nintendo Treehouse uh, video <laughs> uh, today or yesterday. Yesterday, that's, that's, rather. That's questionable about that. Uh, the messaging beforehand where they said, oh, oh and yeah. Way Forward is going to show their their new game. And that was like two days before something. And then a day before they had to be like, it's a third party. It's not it's not Nintendo title because everyone's like, oh, are they making oh, yeah, like a it? Zelda game or is it a Metroid thing? Metroid, what are they doing? Because yeah. they tease Metroid in that first trailer for Paper Mario. And they'll be like, oh, oh God, oh God, no, it's it's not us, it's something else. I don't understand why that game was in that stream. That that too is like they attach it to Paper Mario, and then they're like, like if it was like a Mario and Luigi game, if they were like, Way Four is making a Mario and Luigi RPG. Oh yeah, and like totally. that's gonna be like the RPG because like there's some like oh Paper Mario Origami is not a real RPG, blah blah blah. What, you know, whatever your opinion on that is, uh, that would be like a different style of game a little bit. But no, it's they're making a Bakugan game. And it looks not very good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I only watched about two minutes of it, but it looked like it was a loop of the same thing happening. And I had to keep going like, is this just a GIF or I mean, is it actual foot? And it was just like a battle was m- moving very slowly and people were like running around and then it would go to a very slow attack animation that locked the camera and then go back to people running around. I mean, it looked respect to way forward. Video games are really hard. I could never do it, but that game did not look like one I want to play. No. And uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting because I, I like Alex and I were both watching it uh, live and we both kind of were like, Oh, Oh, and then dropped off. And I think, I'm pretty sure that that happened for so many people where they just went from like watching to no. And I, and I get that Nintendo can exactly go, Hey, lower your expectations. This isn't going to be good. But at the same time, like, <laughs> you know, and they did what they could by saying like, this bus. is third party guys. This is third right. party because Why people are attach it to paper Mario. Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. weird. They must have another direct plan for this year. I mean, when does that thing come out? The box next thing. week. Oh, that I don't know. Um, let's see. I don't think uh, November. 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 Oh. So I mean, maybe they just huh. don't have another direct planned before then, which seems 
wild. Well, that's not even. Maybe they have another direct. That's not even a Nintendo game. That's a no. But they put way forward stuff. No, yeah, but but I mean like maybe Treehouse is Paper Mario is like the last thing they have announced like a a date for. Yeah, I guess I'm getting at more too. Like maybe they signed a co-marketing deal with Way Forward. Sure, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's probably it what it something. is. Like they legit, um, like logistically have to, but at yeah, the same time, they, like they have to show it somewhere. Yeah, where? But it doesn't. That doesn't look like a holiday game. Where's like? But I mean, they, supposedly they've got the Mario stuff still, the, like the anniversary stuff. Um, the were 3D they the remakes? Yeah. yeah. Were they the studio, or was, was it Nintendo that the, there was rumors that they were having a hard time transitioning to the work from home? Uh, I I don't know if there there probably were, but I I would totally believe it as like a Japanese company. There have been tons yeah. of reports of Japanese companies struggling with that, and Nintendo being infamously uh, uptight about security and like leaks and things like that, like not wanting people to take like work computers home or have that yeah. information at home. I can imagine being so. You just kind of wonder super maybe difficult if to work with. The problem is that their their whole all of their cycles got pushed. You know couple months yeah maybe and could um, be. uh yeah. thing but things here like we were on lockdown for like or a state of emergency for like a month and a half uh and that was and then we're like there have been cases in tokyo but like the uh kyoto where nintendo's headquarters is mostly fine uh at this point but you know it's still being careful but like there's nothing like the U.S. Like right, right. things shut down later and then opened up much quicker. Nowhere is like the U.S. No, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, USA number one, number one in fucking it up. Yep. Yeah. So like, but I I could see it totally having an impact, like delaying things. But like, I it's strange how little is out there about like the rest of the year but you know if there's time like the paper mario doesn't need to come out and then immediately have to say and here's what's coming in november or like yeah. you know october i don't know i don't know if i i mean you want to say no but as someone who is not and maybe there aren't a lot of people like me but as someone who is not super into paper mario and while it sounds like that stream makes it sound like it's a lot better than sticker star and maybe will be pretty cool the stuff that came out of it has me kind of like, eh, maybe I'll play it at some point, but I'm not going to pick it up next week. Sure. Uh, I, there's nothing on the Switch calendar that I have any interest in at oh, all. Oh, well, aside yeah, from Breath of the no. Wild 2, but that's like, who knows? Probably next year. Yeah. yeah. Um. So there's a very real. I bought Xenoblade Chronicles, but I kind of regret it. Yeah. So like. Shin Megami Tensei 5. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, there's a very real possibility that there will not be a single Nintendo game this year that I purchase and enjoy, uh, Mm -hmm. which would be fucking wild. Um, So I don't know. I kind of feel like they do need to have more stuff on the calendar. I'm they need stuff on the calendar, but like I doubt there will be anything coming like in August. so I just I don't know that they need to be out there right away being like, and here's what's coming six months from now, five months from now. It'd be nice to know like, oh, and have something to look forward to. But yeah, I guess I guess it's from a uh, and I don't helping? I don't I kind in generally I agree, actually, like on the larger scale of just video games 
and we just had a recent yeah. conversation about this in our chat, but like generally I agree that it's, I don't care if they announce, I would rather they announce games like a month before they come out. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but I would say, I don't think that we, and I don't think anybody on this podcast is saying this, but I don't think that as like, as, as a nation of gamers, we can't say, wow, Microsoft only has one exclusive this year. That's pretty shitty. I can't believe it. No wonder they suck. And then, like, Nintendo doesn't get a pass for that. Like, they're doing kind of the same thing this year, and it's wild. Um, yeah. But it's I, also I a unique know. year, so I don't know. Yeah. But, and yeah, for what it's, it's, worth, it's hard to say. Paper Mario does look good. I'm very excited about it. Well, okay, very excited. I hope it's good. I hope it's good. Yeah. yeah. And 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 this to be clear the stream didn't make me go mm, I'm a little bit I like it didn't make me more nervous about it. It made me go, "Okay, this could be good." It sounds like um there was some scuttlebutt before the stream. Um I only saw tweets from Jeff Grubb, but I I don't know if there were other people talking about it. That made it sound like maybe you should temper your expectations and it sounds like the stream kind of allayed some of those fears so yeah i think uh, that the thing the thing that people have always like especially since um uh like even uh as early as like super paper mario like there's the the paper mario discourse uh as it were is has been a lot of um to what extent is this an rpg uh and I, I think that the from what I saw, a lot of the discourse around uh, Origami King was uh, since there's it doesn't look like there's any sort of like experience points. To what extent is this also an RPG? Um, I think that the uh, stream kind of hinted at some things that I think would allay some of those fears. Where it looks like a lot of the experience is. Instead of experience, there's a lot more of a monetary system in place. Uh, so uh, you can upgrade Mario, but you need to buy those accessories. But you also get more uh, currency than you might otherwise get in a uh, another Paper Mario game. But also yeah. you can use the currency in battle to buy yourself more time and to get help and things like that. So it looks like it's an interesting system, but I do think that... Well, I think there's a lot of people where they want the new Paper Mario to be uh, Thousand Year Door Part 2. And there will be an element of disappointment in any uh, Paper Mario game that's not kind of that exact same formula. Which I get because you you guys all know that I love Thousand Year Door. I mean, it's certainly the one that looks most interesting to me, too. But at the same time, like... Nintendo is not going to make a direct make it directly that same formula. So I, 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 I think that there's an element of like you'll always you'll always have to temper expectations to a small extent because of what people want is not what Nintendo wants to make. I guess I don't understand why. I mean, if it's if it's just because creatively they're not interested in making that, then I can respect that for sure. But it's weird to me that like there's been multiple paper Mario games since then. And every time it seems like the fan base is like, yo, but thousand year door though. So it's inter- It's, it's strange to me that they seem so averse to doing. And that again. they shut down the studio that makes like the, that made the Mario and Luigi games that were mm-hmm. and yeah, like, Oh, it's, these games are too similar. So we're going to shut down the, uh, one of the studios. And then 
they're going to stop making that kind of game. That's really weird to me. Um, Cause I would, I would, I initially was like, Oh, new paper Mario. Those are RPGs. Cause the last one that I knew anything about at all was thousand year door. And that the sticker splash one wasn't received well. Um, uh, so I was kind of like, Oh, this will be cool. It's going to be like an action RPG. Um, and I would love to play a Nintendo made action RPG, even though I don't have a huge affinity for Mario. But like seeing what it seems like this new Paper Mario is definitely made me less interested in it. But I'm also not saying that that means it's bad. That's just I'm not I'm already not their target. So it's mm-hmm. fine. But it's strange to me that they're they seem so averse to making that when that's the one everybody really likes. Yeah, I think well. I just think that like Nintendo as in general is is never going to be like, OK, we had success with this. Let's do it again. Like they always want to do innovation for better or for worse. I don't, um, I don't know. Like, often mm, for worse. I yeah, mean, I, I, not always, but like I, I for feel a like, lot of their properties. Yeah. I feel like they're they're. I guess it just depends on what it is. Like Zelda has, I guess Skyward Sword was certainly different and not great. <laughs> But it feels like I they like always make, sword. I do too. Um, it feels like they always make a there's always like a the core of the thing. Like like Mario Odyssey is still a game where you run around and jump on stuff and and it feels really good. And that's like the Mario games are about running around and jumping on stuff. And so it's just interesting to me with Paper Mario, it seems like there isn't that like this is the thing you do in these games, you know? It's like it changes so much and it doesn't seem like it's really I think changed though, for the better that in a the, while. The thing that's interesting though about Paper Mario is that I don't think that's necessarily gameplay related. I think that the thing that people really connect to with it is less about the actual RPG gameplay, which I think is good, but what people connect to are the characters and the story yeah. and the writing and the humor. And, and that so sense. that is like maybe a little bit of a harder uh kind of through line to yeah. get perfect. And it's because the the through the through line is less of like, oh you jump on thing and it feels good. It's more of like, oh the writing's really funny and the situations are funny and there's fun characters and it's it's a whole vibe rather than Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's part of probably from the outside looking <clears throat> in why maybe I have that misconception because I don't really have an affinity for Mario characters like I I get why people like them but I also am not like like if Mario Odyssey was instead like some kind of I don't know Gex honestly that's a sure I would probably like it more (laughs) if it was like some different thing that played that well (laughs) I don't think it's necessarily because it's Mario but I think that it's like the general vibe of of specifically paper Mario Mm. You know, because I don't, I, before Paper Mario, like, I played Mario games and liked them, but I wasn't necessarily like, oh, I am so attached to gotcha. specifically Mario as a character. Um, when I say characters, I mean less like, oh, this is Mario, and more of like, there are the side characters that you meet, and there's all the uh, fun, like, all, they always have, like, a new kind of interesting villains that you meet, mm-hmm. Um and there's there's just like oh, there's a lot of variety of characters that I don't know if you always get in a Mario game. And maybe and I just so haven't when, seen enough of that too. So when in like Color Splash, 
they have just toads, you're like, okay. Oops, just toads. Oops, all toads. Oops, all which, toads. Uh, <laughs> oops, all toads. But, like, you know, it's, and, and I mean, or, or even with the Mario characters, they add a lot of kind of flavor to yeah. them. Uh, specifically, like, not to Mario specifically, but, like, to Luigi, absolutely in uh, Thousand Year Door, he, like, his writing is so funny and good that, you're just like okay. It's I, I think there there's it could easily be a game that's not necessarily Mario, but I think that Mario it being the game it comes from actually it helps it because sure. there is some level of kind of self referential yeah humor. And I've but. mostly seen writing from the trailers, so maybe that doesn't convey the like depth of how different and weird it is. Um, I, that line, the what, uh, be creased and born again. What is, yes, that's what is, very funny. What does oh, Peach what say? The, the most hard ass line to ever yes, come out of a video really game. <laughs> it's really good. What was the one that we were like, both Alex and I were obsessing over yesterday? Shelvation. Shelvation, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, well, have you come to seek Shelvation? I like, hope the new all, one is super good. All of this speaks to the fact that. Y'all should, or y'all being all gamers ever, um, should always be super thankful for amazing localization. Yes. Oh, definitely. yes, absolutely. Like, um, no arguments here. There was a really good video that came out yesterday from uh, Did You Know Gaming uh, mm-hmm. with their YouTube channel, which I'm generally a pretty big fan of. And um, they did this whole thing called How Pokemon Was Changed Around the World. And they talk directly about like um, the localization process uh, from Japanese to English, and like the actual people behind the scenes. Like you had, um, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but there was a Canadian dude who did the localization, like pretty much single handedly, and he's the one who kind of instilled all the humor and all of the like jokes and references and stuff that now you might recognize, and. Um, from that, like, it, it almost started its own whole lore that like continued, um, which is directly because of good localization, and that was in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So, like, well, I mean, I think that, like, I, I think that with local is with like especially translation, there's a lot of uh, misconception that it's just you know the language and you're translating directly, but you have there there's a real art to good localization and oh, yeah. to good. Uh, to the point yeah. where you you don't need to just just know the language, but you should also be a good writer in your own right. Yeah, because yeah. so. it's not just directly translating exactly what it says. Because sometimes yeah. that doesn't work. Yeah, I would yeah. heavily recommend that video to to our listeners. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll put a link I'll to it in the show notes. Uh, yeah, it's, again, it's called "How Pokemon Was Changed Around the World." It's really good. Uh, well, we once again rolled right over my amazing segue that I had. About uh, how Nintendo, they uh, they sometimes they strike gold and then they just like leave it. They're just like, nope, uh, toss it away. And then they move on to the next thing. But you know what studio doesn't do that? Ubisoft. (laughs) They're back with the sixth Far Cry game. That's right. Sixth. Number six. Yeah. You sure about that? (laughs) There have only been there have only been six Far Cry games. Mm -hmm. Well, there have only been five, but there's about to be a sixth. Yeah, there's definitely only been five. That's for sure. Oh, 
definitely only been five Far Cry games. This is going to be the sixth. So what what culturally insensitive take on a on a location do you think they're going to shoot for this time? Well, well, if it's Giancarlo Esposito, I'm assuming they're going like Central America. Great. Right. Yeah, the the Latinx community has not been particularly Great. happy about the leaks. <laughs> Uh, it's, I wonder it, if you'll fight a cartel. It <laughs> seems like people are are thinking that it's a it's like a Voss. prequel to Far Cry Three. Yeah, it's like and a Voss, Voss origin is somehow story. involved, which is so, wait. So then that implies that the Far Cry games actually exist in the same like universe. Well, it, it implies that this one exists in the same universe as Far Cry Three. So well, f- what about Far Cry Primal? That might be in the same universe. It wasn't yeah, it the same know. map. It was the same map as Far Cry I mean, 4. All of them except like New Dawn or is like okay. Like or is it yeah, New Dawn was the uh was the like expansion or like the you know, smaller one, right? Wait, based so, on twenty twenty. So is Blood Dragon part of it? But that that's like a Yeah, no, that's the same universe. <laughs> except uh, it takes place in the eighties. That's yeah, when if, the that one's in the eighties. So sorry, if you told past. me all of the shit that happened in Far Cry three, four, and five is all happening in the same world. I would definitely um, like if you told me that like in America, in a state, there's like just basically a place, a, a large county where a cult took over. I'd be like, that sounds ridiculous. But based on the 2020 we've been having, maybe <laughs> it's not so crazy to think I mean, that all of that stuff happens in the world. <laughs> the Rajneeshis kind of did it in the 80s in Oregon. They took over like a large. <laughs> large part of uh oregon uh it wasn't like a military uh Not militia you know militia takeover but you yeah. know the, the cults anyway. they they can do wild stuff it uh, wild wild country on netflix has yeah. has the uh it story of that true yeah yeah i guess you're right far cry is really is has always been realistic so yeah realistic uh <laughs> yeah there's there's nothing exaggerated in far cry no they, they'll yeah. i too hear skrillex when i smoke weed <laughs> when you burn weed in the field <laughs> yeah when i, I burn too, weed around me i too constantly get attacked by cougars and birds <laughs> and just hey i've been playing a lot of arc <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh yeah so far cry 6 john carlo esposito is the villain uh who knows yeah. what the the on sunday the 13th they're going to be doing their ubisoft way forward is that what it's called way forward uh, really? Ubisoft Forward? I don't know. Ubisoft Forward. I gotta say, we don't have to dwell on this, but if if they really do pull out, we we set a Far Cry in South or Central America, and it has to do with crime syndicates and drug cartels. Just throw the whole just throw the whole company away no, at that uh, point. Like, I go mean, fuck yourself. God, they damn are it again. Yeah. <laughs> they already did. Uh, Ghost Recon there, Ghost and it was Recon, terrible. Yeah, yeah. Like, cocaine cowboys. I mean, that game is good from a. <laughs> From a gameplay perspective, I like Wildlands, but the story He's is like the cocaine. It's fucking garbage, and like the writing in it is so offensive. Uh, well, they, so. yeah, they fixed that with uh, kind of they, you know, they at least were like, okay, we're into a fictional location. With, well, uh, that with game has the, its own issues. Sequel. It has its own issues that are a little but, more you know, nuanced. They at but. least seem to like realize, okay, yeah, yeah. We, we fucked up there. I guess we did make I, the entire country of Bolivia upset with us. It was <laughs> yes. Bolivia, right? I think so. It was I guess Bolivia. 
that's what I'm saying is hopefully they learn that lesson and that's not they, what they we're upset this time. but you know they upset one of the few things bigger than themselves with a, yeah. you know a, a larger population than the company so um yeah well, that's all right because we'll that's see not, that's not the only Ubisoft leak we had this week no no there was also oh Assassin's oh Creed. oh yeah Assassin's Creed Valhalla that's that's the other thing uh I didn't see this uh I hear there's a stamina meter maybe it's Dark Souls now uh, that could be cool I, as someone who really likes Assassin's Creed I feel like I don't give any shit about watching leaked foot I mean we know what that game is already so do we? Yeah. It, yeah. Well, is it Dark I mean, Souls now? But maybe it's, it's Dark been, Souls now. It's kind of been Dark Souls for a while. It's not fully there, but yeah. they fl- they fly now. What were you going to say, Allison? Oh God, no! <laughs> uh, that 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 reference Alex made just completely uh, derailed no. me. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> wow. I didn't. That's not who I'd expect that from. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin it. Anyways, but they fly now. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Anyway, Assassin's yeah. Creed Valhalla. It's going to be an open world it's action be adventure Assassin's game. It's going to be Assassin's Creed. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to climb some stuff. You're going to jump off stuff. You're going to kill some animals for their skin. You're going to harvest some stuff, and you're going to craft some things. You're going to kill and some British people for their skin. It's probably going to be pretty fucking cool, and I'm excited to play it. But that's what <laughs> it's. It's going to be all of those things with Vikings. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I uninstalled Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Maybe I'll go back to it someday. Uh, I gotta finish getting through Origins. I'm not ready to yeah. uninstall it yet because I like it a lot. Those I games, I are just good. need that hard drive space. Yeah, I liked Assassin's <laughs> Creed too. I like that too a lot. It's a good game. Uh, I think, you I know think what else Origins I like? is better than two, to be honest. What else, what else do you like, Andre? Super hot. Oh, oh my god, yeah. super. Hot. Speaking of potential, super hot. We'll we'll see. If super hot. I said Hades is probably super the best roguelite ever. Hot. I'm just gonna keep talking, and <laughs> and now now maybe maybe it'll get supplanted immediately by super hot. Uh, yeah. Super hot mind control delete is out July 16th this Thursday. It's been in early access for a few years, three years maybe. Yeah, that was news to me. Uh, yeah, I me no too. I liked the first one a lot, and not I did me. not know that it was. In I would early have totally access. been playing it in early access if I had known that. I, yeah. I know. I thought I thought I was like a crazy person when you were talking. I was like, wait, no, this this because you were uh, when you mentioned the news. You're like, there's a new super hot game. I'm like. I was like, I woke up and I was like, yeah, I, right? There, this isn't... I had no clue. It and has never been served like, okay. to me. This is an example of the failing of the Steam Marketplace. It has never, ever, ever once mm-hmm. been served to me yeah. in any form. And I, finished, Steam, and I is, finished Super Hot. I have me played too. Super I Hot through Super hot three times. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that game. Uh, so it is, it is wild to me that Steam never went, you should try this. Or yeah. put it in a queue or well, something. That and also, I never heard anybody talking about it. Yeah, yeah me neither. I don't know. Um, yeah. The other cool thing about it is that if you uh, bought the game on uh, Steam, PlayStation, Xbox, Epic Game Store, Origin, or GOG, you will be eligible for the free copy of yep. of this. Which is awesome. Like, if it doesn't count if you got it through a bundle, but uh, if you have it in the library. 
I think if you have it in, if if you got it through a bundle, maybe you get a discount. Huh. That's kind of a weird because I don't honestly remember how I got. Neither do I, which is the hot. thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a little frustrating. It would be nice yeah. if it could like. If you could figure that out somehow. Right. Well, you were saying that you were going to buy Hades a second time. So no, I mean I'll buy I'll buy my mind control it's, delete it's instead. Yes. <laughs> I will pay them money for it. Yeah. I'd be happy to, but still happy to support those devs. Weird. Yeah, it, yeah, I don't know. It sounds cool. I like the I love Super Hot. It's just such a cool style with everything they do. Yeah, sounds like they're maybe going to be. Uh, moving away from super hot as a thing now, like they did, like I think they mentioned the trilogy because they did super hot, super hot VR, and now mind control delete. And so maybe they're gonna move on to like a new thing now. That's fine, they've been doing it for like yeah. seven years, so yeah, yeah. and it started as a game they... jam thing. So, okay, yeah. I searched super hot in my email. I'm doing I, that right now, and I found a thing that says <laughs> thank you for your Steam purchase. So I did pay full price for super hot. In 2016, from them. Okay, I don't think awesome. I paid full price, but I definitely paid uh, seventy dollars for it, so that should oh. count. Well, you know what isn't super stylish? These <laughs> new PlayStation Five boxes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. they're. they're yeah. I, I, the white I, looks kind of like jarring. I don't know. Looks, they I, just look kind of chintzy to me. I guess. I, don't I, know. I I added an editorialism in our our uh, our show notes that says. Who cares? People, Some people care who will buy physical media. There are people who care very much about the way things look on their shelves. And yeah, which is weird because, like, I do buy a me. decent amount of uh, physical media, and I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. I don't and know. A webcam it's, it's a box. is more important than ever. <laughs> it's got to look good on your shelf so that when you're in a Zoom call, people go, "Oh, look at those pretty that pretty game collection behind them." Look at that 10 minute clip of Good Burger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't care, but I get that other people do, but also. I don't know. It's a box. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a box. And it's a I box mean, which holds a thing that goes white. in another box. I Whatever. will say, I will say I want physical PS5 games even less now because I think the boxes <laughs> are ugly and I don't want to look at them, <laughs> uh, which is not really the PS4 boxes. The greatest hits mm-hmm. ones, I think, are pretty ugly, but they the normal look, ones. Yeah. They look exactly the same to me, except they replaced the blue at the top with white. Like yep, and I think the white's ugly. Yeah, I think so. I think the blue looks nice. Um, yeah, the white is I don't know a little jarring. Um, Same with the red though. So I mean it's already yeah. been a thing. But I also yeah. agree I would not. That's the extent of my thoughts and emotion on it. If <laughs> so they did, if they do sick alternate like cover art on all the on all of the games, so you can just like reverse and be like, okay, here's the good, the nice looking cover stuff, but. Yeah. yeah, just get steel boxes okay. and get them all rusty in those oh, yeah. uh, humid, salty environments. Uh, and salty, our last salty environments like the Twitter discourse on PS5 boxes. Oh my god! Oh my god! Well, oh saving us god. from the salt, <laughs> taking us on a nice, refreshing journey is uh, Drew Scanlon uh, is wrapping up cloth map. Which is it's a little bittersweet. Uh, he's closing it out on his terms. Yeah, uh, as which I, I think is the best way for it to happen. Yeah, uh, it sounds like COVID uh, is kind of the main culprit um, here. But I, he like he is also choosing to like move on 
but there's just not enough he can came out new stuff. I thought he came out and said that he also has a position lined up, and it's yes, yes, yes. Like like he, it it just sounds like it was a premeditated thing. It wasn't like oh, suddenly I am cutting this off because oh, I don't have money. It's just. Yeah, yeah, things are don't seem like they're going to be getting better anytime soon. So, but also yeah, for, you for know, a travel maybe, show. <laughs> yeah, it became he was doing a lot of that by himself, and uh, I imagine it was just an astronomical amount of work. But he also created some really fantastic and compelling documentaries about just interesting, uh, like the culture around games, whether that be like cultural traditional games or like video games or whatever uh you know styles of play and different cultures uh and so that that'll be missed but drew is not leaving games but right is yeah. that a thing he's yeah, still he's in games still in games. Still in games yeah not not media nope. based on the way remember. that he was framing it it sounded like it's an example of sort of what we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier where he probably won't be up facing um yeah. but i think he tempered that pretty well yeah. in the way he yeah. talked about it um yeah. and uh i think unfortunately with something like no clip had some bittersweet stuff this week because they had to wrap up their studio and and move it out which sucks because they had literally they had just moved it. to like yeah. san francisco and yeah. yeah um back to san francisco um which that was really sad but Danny's also like, hey, we're not done because they can still do stuff remotely. Um, yeah. It's just they have to rethink how that works. Whereas, unfortunately for Drew's kind of thing, I mean, I would have been he happy to, to travel, support yeah. map for ever, even if it was, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to do a flight simulator stream once a month because I love Drew and his content. But you can't really make a travel series right now. And yeah. you may and, not be able to make a travel series uh, yeah. again, ever, actually. So, yeah, like, you, know. you just don't know. Um, but at least we have the puppies of Chernobyl. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, speaking of what we were talking about earlier, if you, you love Drew Scanlon, you could always get into formula one. I get to listen to him every <laughs> week. Talk about speedy race cars. Mm-hmm. And, uh, watch him blink. No, it's not a video mm-hmm. podcast. Unfortunately. It's, oh, you can uh, watch him blink white anywhere. Yeah. If, yeah, if, if, if you don't know who Drew Scanlon is blinking white guy. The blinking white guy is shutting down his YouTube channel. <laughs> Can't, closing his Patreon. Cancel culture a, finally caught up with him. God, that's such a funny way to put it. <laughs> blinking white guy is shutting down his YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, Got to put it in a way the uh, the young the youngsters can understand. <laughs> um, that's uh, that's gonna do it for news. Uh, unless there's anything we're forgetting. I don't think so. There's a new Xbox app for the PC that seems much better than the old one. Uh, cool. It seems to alleviate most of my problems with the Windows Store, which means I don't have to go into the Windows Store at any point. Uh, so that seems good. I found that out during the podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, God, we'll talk about Ubisoft. Uh, there's probably some other. Oh, Devolver is happening today. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited also, about that. There's a bunch of games coming out that I'm interested in this week. Okay. Like well, we, what, got, we got what we got. We got we got friggin' Paper Mario. Yeah. We got uh, before I forget. 
which is the, okay. one of the games that was in the uh, the, the, the iOS two. Which and one was that? Oh, okay, console. never mind. It, it, it was the one about dementia. Right, right, okay. Uh, there was a couple others that are coming out on the sixteenth that I'm uh, blanking on right now, but. It, Ghost of Tsushima is coming out this week too. Uh, oh yes, right, right, right. That's the one. Did you? <laughs> there, and and my control delete uh, is on July sixteenth as well. Yes, there. So there's been like the story going around that's like Sucker Punch. It's Sucker Punch, right? That's who did uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yep. Uh, Sucker Punch talked with the estate of Akira Kurosawa mm-hmm. uh, to get his bless or to get their blessing to use the black and white mode. <laughs> what? It's I'm. I think it was I'm more than white. that. Yeah. It, the the way the story has been framed is like. The 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 black and white mode. We talk to the estate of Akira Kurosawa to I, get their blessing to use I, it. I think I might, if unless someone else is tied to it, I might actually come out of hiding and try to write a review for that game. Go um, for it, because I'm I'm planning on playing it a lot next weekend. Um, I'm very excited about it from a gameplay perspective, but I'm very fascinated to see how that story goes. I've heard from a couple of sources now that it's like these white. Largely, these largely white and largely dudes at the studio sure did make a samurai movie. Uh, so it's, it'll be interesting to see. The Last Samurai? Well, I mean, it's one of those things, right? Like, The Last Samurai, I think, is a pretty, if all things being equal, from a Western understanding of movies being made, The Last Samurai is a pretty good movie. But it is also a very poor portrayal. <laughs> of feudal Japan and like not good culturally and appropriative. And maybe it wasn't the best thing for anyone, any of the white people involved, very famous white people involved making it to, to make. So like, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how it goes with, with ghost. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Time, time will tell. Uh, I was talking to a teacher I work with who I sit next to and he's he's like what I have no idea about this game. And yeah, they, he plays like he's like level 400 in Monster Hunter, so I I saw I think it was somebody from Vice. I don't know if it, it might have been Josh Rivera, so I apologize for not being able to remember who exactly was saying it. Um but someone I follow and really like their writing was saying like, "Hey, the polygons and Kotaku's and and vices and you know IGNs of the world. You should probably use your freelance budget to make sure that you have mm-hmm. a Japanese person reviewing this game. I hope that that happens <laughs> at some outlets, uh, yeah. or at least a person of you know who un- understands Japanese history and culture better than your average person. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Yeah, it's a complicated time too because there's, it's like a invading army and Japan has so much history with that. So it it'll yeah, be yeah, no, totally interesting discourse around all that. I'm sure, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna move on. We're gonna close out this episode finally. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, this has been episode 129 of the Gaming Fix podcast on July 11th, 2020. I've been your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. your partner's favorite insect reproductive uh, process. 
I don't, I don't remember what I said. Uh, <laughs> something about something like that. Gobble gobble, motherfuckers. Uh, Alex, where can people find you? Oh, uh, well, you can find me. Hold, uh, rewind. <laughs> uh, you can find Andre on Twitter at Coolslaw, C O O L S L 4 W. Alex, where can people find you? Uh, probably on the Trackmania. Nice. Pat, how about you? You can find me at PJC Plays and on the Giant Bomb Unofficial Classic Trackmania Room. Allison? Find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. No Trackmania for you? Uh, I'll probably give it a shot later this week. Hell yeah. All right. The other good news is one you should us, be able to run us. it on just about anything. Oh yeah. Those games scale really well. Google so gobble, Google gobble. One of us. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Goodbye. Mr. Turk. Uh, go, go to fix.space and subscribe to the podcast. Review us on Podchaser. Yeah, podchaser.com slash gaming fix. Twitter.com at fixpodcast. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.